Uh, welcome back to the Sports by the Hour podcast. This is Ethan Schapp. And Evan Slowick. And uh, we're doing a week one reactions of the 2020-2021 season. And the first game we're going to talk about is the Kansas City Chiefs and the Houston Texans. Uh, the Chiefs won this game 34-20. to um, I mean, no surprise there. The Chiefs had it. And then I'm going to talk about like takeaways. So for me, Deshaun Watson, it was visible throughout the whole game. He struggled behind a, an O-line that was battered and just not not good. <laughs> Lack of better words. Um... But he did show his ability to extend plays, as always. But it just wasn't enough to push this Texan team that lost their star wide receiver, which is I feel like it's going to be a huge problem for them throughout the year, is not having that just the X factor. Yeah, I think um, it was obvious that Watson struggled a little bit. I mean, he did throw. He completed 20 out of 32 passes, and he had one touchdown, one interception, and he threw for 253 yards. But... Like Evan said, he was just running for his life most of the night, and you could tell that he was struggling on offense. And I feel like it was the same story last year, but at least last year he had a respected top two target to throw to. Um, I have him as one, Evan has him as two behind Julio. So, but like, yeah. and he just respected a great player. And now taking that away, I know there's the Houston um, Texans like three main receivers combined for 13 catches. I mean, other than Cooks though, they're pretty much all wide receiver twos. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, you have Fuller, and then you have Cobb, and Kenny Stills. Just didn't even have a he didn't even, he didn't even catch. But um, for the Texans' offense, the only surprise I had was uh, Duke Johnson, or David, not not Duke Johnson, David <laughs> Johnson. Actually, Duke Johnson didn't play like bad either. But David Johnson, who had 11 carries for 77 yards, uh, an average seven yards a carry, one touchdown. That was him in the rushing game. Um, that's better than I expected from coming out in this game. And um, yeah, so I, good game for David Johnson, and then just. Overall, a struggle for the Texans' offense in that O-line. Um, my only problem, like, David Johnson had a great game. I'm not trying to take that away from average seven yards on 77. He had 77 yards on 11 carries. But they kind of showed that they don't think he's either – they don't either think he's healthy enough, they don't trust him enough, or he's – they think he could be injury-prone injury to give him more snaps and, the, like, more uh, carries. Because 11's – not a lot. Like, Clyde Edwards-Alaire got 25. Yeah, and Darrell Williams got 7, which is almost 11, so... Yeah, so there's a big gap between playing 11 carries versus 25 carries. So, I feel like they might slowly increase his carry rate, but I feel like you, we should expect David Johnson getting 11 more in the future. Yeah, like I think Duke Johnson area. will probably go up. Um, but, I mean, Clyde, on the on the Chiefs side, uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire had a great game. Uh, rookie debut, uh, carried the ball 25 times, 138 yards, averaged 5.5 yards to carry, had one touchdown. Um, very impressive. It actually gives Kansas City a run game and a way to slow down the clock when they get these giant leads, and they just don't want to. They want to actually slow down and waste some clock, and Clyde gives them that because he's a power back runner and he averaged five yards on 25 carries. That's that's pretty amazing. Um, Mahomes, uh, I mean Mahomes was Mahomes. I do think he was a little off uh, earlier in the game. I mean, like, it did look like it was raining there, so maybe it was a little slippery. But early in the game, it was on like a, a throw to the sideline. It looked like he was kind of looking for a hill, but he threw it raining between Hill and I think Watkins was downfield. And a Texans player dove and had a chance of getting the pick, and that just seemed off. Like he just had some off throws. And then right before halftime, they were driving down to try to get uh, – like a last-second field goal or touchdown, he threw a deep pass to the back of the end zone, and it was just off, and the Texans player went up, called the ball, but came out of bounds. 
those are just normal throws that Mahomes just makes like normally. So I felt like there was a little bit of rust, but he ended the night completing 24 out of 32 passes for 211 yards and three touchdowns, no interceptions, with a QBR of 88.8 and a passer rating of 123.3. So you really can't complain too much. And I'm not trying to nitpick him, but it's just like he's normally perfect, and he just seemed like a little bit off of perfect. Yeah, I just I. Obviously, this is a big excuse for all Week One teams. Is I'm gonna talk about the chemistry. Like he hasn't played. Obviously, the position, wide receiver position, tight end position, didn't really change. Yeah. But you know, not not throwing to them for weeks instead of you know the three weeks they had yeah. could ma- mean a big difference between you know, oh he's I know he's gonna run this route just by his first step. I thought um the Texans I know the Texans the Chiefs spread the ball out pretty well. Watkins had seven receptions, Kelsey had six, and Tyreek Hill had five, and they all had a touchdown. So it wasn't like one player was like the dominant go-to guy. They spread the ball out between all three of them, so you really never knew who they were going to attack you with. But you knew you knew they were going to attack you, but yeah. you didn't know. Like Mahomes didn't just lock on the one receiver this game. He spread the ball evenly to all three of their best targets. So uh, I thought that was really good. I mean, I was pretty surprised that they didn't really have a, the long ball because their team's known for at least one or two long balls a game, and – no, yeah, neither long- Tyreek Hill or McCall Harmon had one. Yeah, the longest reception was uh, Sammy Watkins with a 19-yard catch. So, that, yeah, that didn't, and they still won by 34-20, and they didn't really even seem to be really trying that hard in the fourth. Yeah. Offense or kinda, defense. They kind of just took the pedal off. All right, yeah. So, you ready to move on to the next game? I'm way more than ready. All right, the next game we're going to talk about is the Jets and the Bills. Mm. Um, I mean, this, this game, at one point, the Bills were up 21-3. to Oh, yeah, so the Bills won this game 27-17. Uh, at one point, the Bills were up 21-3. to three. That was at halftime. Uh, I mean, the Bills' defense just completely swarmed and over- overwhelmed the Jets' uh, offense, especially in the first half. And in the second half, they, they outscored them 14-6. But at the end, it was just kind of – the game was kind of over. Um, you want to talk about the Jets' offense or the Bills' offense first? Uh, let's go with the Jets. All right, go ahead. Um, so, for this shit show, Sam Darnold, he had an okay game. Uh, I wouldn't blame this loss on him, but overall it was mediocre. Uh, he had 21. He was 21 for 35, 215 yards, and one touchdown and one and one interception. So that's average stat line, but it's not you know what they need. But the biggest problem for me with this team is their run game. Like that could that didn't even get off the, the um, couldn't even get off the ground. I mean it, it was better than the Giants, but. They couldn't really get off the ground. And then Le'Veon Bella went down with an injury, so that's going to be a big hit hurt. Because even though he wasn't a huge impact in the running game, he was a big part in the receiving game. And then, you know, Frank Gore is 37. He's not – he can't carry a rushing team. He needs to be your third down back at best. Like, you can't just expect him to pick up that big, that big of a load. Um, so, yeah, for rushing, they, they had 15 carries on 52 yards and averaged 3.5 yards a carry. Uh, I mean, that's pretty terrible. Uh, if you go and look at... Josh Allen had 57 yards rushing. Yeah. So, he outrushed the entire the entire Jets team. And that's what tied in a lot to the time of possession of this game. The Jets had a whopping 18, 18 minutes and 44 seconds, while the Bills had 41 minutes and 16 seconds. Uh, it's kind of impossible for a team to even have a chance in this game unless, like, you're the Chiefs and you can, like, just throw bombs every play. Uh, I mean, the Bills had the the ball for more than more than double the Jets, so that's really hard for a, a team, especially with I would say would you say like lower skill position talent than than most teams? 
the Jets. Yeah. Um. Yeah. They in every single position, I think they're out, man. Like they're outclassed. Yeah. So I most teams. Yeah, and and if you're gonna give the Bills the ball, double the amount you have. I don't. I don't know how you even have a chance to win this game. And it's. The Jets' defense has taken took a lot of hits in the offseason with C.J. Mosley opting out of the season yep. and Jamal Adams, who was their their their, best their pride and joy of this team, being traded away. Yeah, um, but I do want to highlight one player that kind of surprised me because he kind of disappeared near the end of the last season was Jamison Crowder. He actually appeared and decided he wanted to be the wide receiver one, as he should be, with seven receptions, 115 yards, and one touchdown. So, overall, he had a good game. And I know this is just reactions, but I feel like it's going to hurt a lot for the Jets not having him next week. All right. And then for the Bills, um, Josh Allen, he completed 33 of his 46 passes, 312 yards, average of 6.8 yards pass, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. Uh, He also rushed 14 times for 57 yards, average 4.1 yards, and two touchdowns. But the main problem... He is like he is a scrambling QB. It's just part of his build now. Um, he had two fumbles and the team lost both of them. It was their only turnovers of the game. Uh, if you're, he's gonna be the main focal point, especially for like the rushing game, because you compare him to the other running backs on the team. And he yeah, had, he rushed. Yeah, he had rushed both of them. He had Zach Moss had 11 and Singletary had 30. He had 57. So he needs to be more careful with the ball. Uh, he can't be leading the team in turnovers like. I mean, with interceptions, I mean, they're going to come. But, like, if he's going to be the main rusher, he has to be more careful with it. And I would say Stefan Diggs uh, was his first team with the Bills, had eight catches for 86 yards. I mean, nothing too crazy, but I feel like it was a good building block and it will be a part of their chemistry moving forward. Um, The one takeaway that I do have from this game is the Bills. They came out the gate swinging, uh, then they slowed down. I don't know if that was just them thinking they had in the bag. Mm. But as you said earlier, they they were up 21-3. to and then got shut out through the third quarter. The Jets scored one touchdown. And then they only scored two field goals in the fourth. Yep. So I feel like the Jets had a really good starting pl- uh, Not the Jets, I'm sorry. The Bills had a really good starting plan. And then at halftime, the Jets came out, adapted to it. And I don't know. I feel like the Bills need to play better to beat other teams. The mm-hmm. Jets are just a battered crew of misfits right now. Right. But to beat the Patriots, for example, mm-hmm. or even the Dolphins, right. they, they would have to play a little bit more. All right, so you're saying that they football. need to come out better in the second half than what they did this game. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I agree with that. And then, well, two more takeaways just for, like, the total of the plays. Um, tying the time possession, time of possession. The Jets had 15... Um, first downs compared to the Bills, 31. So that's another statistic where they doubled them. And in yards, the Jets had 250, uh, 254 total yards to the Bills, 404 uh, yards total yards. So, I mean, the Bills almost doubled them in all three major categories, first downs, yards, and time of possession. So on offense and defense, the Bills just over outplayed them, I think, through yeah. and through. All right, ready for the next game? I'm ready. Next game we're going to talk about is the New England Patriots and the Miami Dolphins. The New England Patriots won this game 21-11. to uh, I'm going to start on this one. Uh, I'm going to start with the Patriots. I'm just excited to talk about it. Um, this was Cam's first game in New England. Uh, they did not ask Cam to do too much on the passing game. Uh, he only had 19 attempts. Uh, he completed 15, which is really good. 155, uh, 155 yards, 8.2 yards uh, per pass. And he led the team in rushing by far. Uh, he had 15 carries for 75 yards, averaged five yards a carry, 
Uh, his long was 12 yards, and he had two touchdowns. So, I mean, to me, I think he thought he played a great game. He was smart when he passed it. He tugged the ball and took some sacks, didn't make any crazy uh, attempts to, like, like make any crazy throws, and didn't really put his body at risk too much. And uh, I was just really excited to see him play again, and I thought he played really well. Um, my biggest takeaway from this game, from the in the New England this side of it, is I think overall – the team is going to – it's not going to blow out anybody. I don't think they're going to blow out any teams. But I think they're going to just grind you down and just beat you in the beat you in the close game. Because Belichick and his defense, you can put anybody on his defense and he, he'll n- navigate them. As he's showing right now with all the losses they had. Yeah, but they still have the defensive play of the year yep. on Cordy's. So overall, I just think that they're going to have Cam Newton just control the ball, control the pace of the game. And then when the ball does get into the opposing team's offense, offensive hands, they, they're going to rely on their defense to hold them to either three points or a punt. Yep. So I just, for me, I wasn't really wowed. I think Ken had a great game. He didn't really turn the ball over, which is a huge thing. And he was able to show that he can stay healthy, and, and he still has it. So I would like to see him a little more involved in the passing game, but... That's not what they need him for. They just need him to control the game yeah. and just be a field general. I agree. Um, so on the Dolphins' side, Ryan Fitzpatrick completed 20 out of 30 pass attempts for 191 yards, zero touchdowns, and three interceptions. So we saw Fitz tragic, not Fitz magic, on Sunday. Um, other than that, I don't think the team played that poorly. Uh, Matt Breida made his first start as a Dolphin. Had five carries for 22 yards and averaged 4.4 yards a carry. So I mean that's not that's not terrible. That's something to look forward to. Uh, I'm excited to see what he can do in the offense. But on the Dolphins side, I don't have much uh, takeaways. Um, for me, my only takeaway it's not really takeaway. This is just like something that happened in the game. Vontae Parker, uh, he got a hamstring injury about midway through, so we weren't able to see what he could do. At a whole, like at full healthy, but um, it's still questionable on if he's going to play next week. But not having him fully healthy throughout this whole game, it's not Fitzpatrick couldn't throw it to his own players to save his life. But not having him there is a huge injury. But I do like how they were able to exhibit Preston Williams' explosiveness because he's a fast, small wide out that can get open. Yep. So like, he got two. He only had two receptions, about yep. forty-one yards, each one going for twenty plus. Yep. So overall, I feel like they have the they have the building blocks. They just have to hone in on the quarterback position. Yeah. So hopefully, Tua is taking notes, learning, so he can come in, step in, and be a major improvement. I have one more takeaway from this game, and it actually is kind of upsetting. Um. I was really big on Nikhil Harry in last year's draft, and he got injured last year, and this would be like his first season healthy. And I feel like he had a rough game one of his like healthy season. He had five receptions for 39 yards, averaging 7.8 yards. But the big play that he had was uh, when he was going towards the pylon, reaching him for the end zone, he, uh, he fumbled the ball, and at the one-yard line, the ball went into the end zone and out. So not only does that kill their drive, like, it ends the drive. They're in the red zone. They're at the one. He fumbles the ball, so they lose the ball. So then now the Dolphins get it. So that can that has the potential of being a huge play. 
that takes seven off the board from the Patriots and can lead to seven from the Miami Dolphins. So it could be a 14-point swing because someone got careless with the ball at the one-yard line. And when they draft him with the number one overall pick last year, with the, the with, number one, or not number one pick, round. but their, their first round pick, um, you just expect him to be their big playmaker on offense, and he just hasn't clicked yet for him. So I mean, I'm still hopeful he's still young. Um, hopefully next week the, he'll improve against the Seattle Seahawks. But um, that was just one play that I was uh, really upset to see when I saw it come across the TV. Um, I you hate to see that. I mean, I would not, I don't want anybody to fumble in the pylon and then touch back. That's worst feeling ever. But like. He still had five receptions, which is more than anybody yeah. on the Dolphins. <laughs> Literally anybody. The highest was Devontae Parker with four. Yeah. So, overall, I wouldn't really beat him up too much about that game. Yes, it's a big fumble, but it didn't really it make, didn't a, awesome, it didn't yeah. make a swing in the game. But you, you got you to hold on to the ball. And you, when you're diving like that, you got you either have to make it across. Or, or make sure you keep it. Or make sure you keep it. You yeah. can't. But... I wouldn't beat him up too much. Yeah, right? no. I was just that was one my one takeaway. I was upset to see it. All right, so so the next game is going to be um, the Indianapolis Colts versus the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Jaguars came back and won this game twenty-seven to twenty. Uh, well, first I'm going to talk about Gardner Minshew. Uh, completed nineteen out of his twenty passes. That's a ninety-five percent completion percentage. Uh, for hundred and seventy-three yards, three touchdowns, and no interceptions. Uh. He said how this team was not going to just roll over and be the consensus, like, worst team and get the number one draft pick next year. Yeah, everybody uh-huh. everybody has them as, like, the feeding team. Like, yeah. You know, we're just going to we're gonna drop and go get ta- Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence yeah. or whoever. But, I mean, they're obviously he's, – he's here to play, and he's working with a bunch of young guys, a bunch of unproven guys, kind of a bunch of no-names, and he, he made it work. 95% completion percentage, that's pretty, that's pretty amazing. Um – so that's my big takeaway from the Jaguars. And then for the Colts, I just want to get started a little bit. Uh, in Phil Rivers' first game with his team, first time working with these players, they expected him to be able to pass the ball 46 times. He had 46 attempts, completed 36 for 363 yards, one touchdown and two interceptions. I wouldn't even ask Drew Brees to throw the yeah, ball 46 times. I, don't really, I have full faith in Drew Brees. I don't even think you could – you can't expect someone to be in a new system, a new offense, throw the ball 46 times and not expect picks to come his way especially in his 17th season. So I don't really know if I agree with that kind of play calling. And, uh, yeah, you can give it your takes now. Um, so Minchu Mania came out swinging. I'm in 19-20. 19 attempts. Well, 20 attempts. I'm sorry. 20 attempts, 19 completions. That's fantastic. That's 95%. That's You can't ask more. And then he went out, got three touchdowns, and pretty much all of his receptions were pretty split up between each team. Maybe not each team, each wide receiver. And then I also want to highlight James Robinson. I couldn't name you a player off the top of my head off the Jacksonville line. And he was able to average 3.9 behind it. That's more than any of the Jets running back. So it just shows that he has potential. And I think that, yeah, like as you said, it seems like they're going to roll over. I think the Colts went into this with the mindset we're going we're gonna to beat them. We're not going to have to sweat it. And obviously they were proven wrong, but for me, it's this. A lot of this game fell into Philip Rivers. Obviously, he should not be starting for forty six. That's just absurd for his age. I like not even a new team. You don't even see Mahomes didn't even reach forty. No, that's absurd. And then he also new team. 
Uh, he's still going to use everybody, but the thing is, he, he threw two interceptions and only one touchdown, so it hurt yeah. a lot. So, I don't know. I hope this isn't a trend, but it was also a trend at the Chargers. He would throw multiple interceptions to only, like, one or two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So, I hope he doesn't continue with well, this trend. they but... started off hot. They scored 17 in the first half and then three in the second. So, when, like, it's another team that they're playing well in the first, they're going to halftime, and they're completely different, kind of like the Bills. Uh, they put up three. They, put in, they didn't put up any points in the second half. So you can't, you can't win games when you're not scoring in the second half and you're not extending your lead or even defending it. So and then, big thing is Jacksonville ended the first half strong, and then proceeded into the second half with the game plan ready to beat the air raid that the Colts were trying to perform onto them. Yep. So my my other takeaway on the Colts is Marlon Mack uh, went down with a season-ending injury. So, Jonathan Taylor, who had uh, 79 total yards on his uh, NFL debut, he had 22 rushing yards and 67 receiving yards, uh, which was second on the team, only behind Parents Campbell, who had 71 yards. So, he was almost their main receiving target. Uh, I would just expect him to slowly, or not now, but just to, now probably fast, but just to get a lot more carries and targets and uh, be a more focal point in his offense because now Marlon Mack's gone. So, I think it would be interesting to see how he plays for the next coming up weeks. Yeah, I think the loss of Marlon Mack is going to hurt a lot because he was supposed to be the number one, and then Dave Jonathan Taylor would come in behind him yep. and be a strong number two. So I think it's going to be a big step up for if for John, Jonathan Taylor to step up and actually perform like the running back one that they need him to be. But behind the Colts' offensive line, I don't think he's going to struggle. Yeah, no, they make it they make it as easy as possible for any running back. So I feel like he's only going to go up from here. And I don't, I don't think he was expecting Marlon Mack to go down in this game. No, I don't, I don't think anyone was. So, you ready to go on that team? Yeah, next game is going to be the Philadelphia Eagles and the Washington football team. And the Washington football team, another comeback win, won this game 27-17. to um, Well, this is the start. Uh, Eagles went into halftime with a 17-7 lead and then lost 17-27. to Gave up 20 unanswered points. And like we were just talking about, you can't expect to win games if you come out in the second half and they're just completely flat-footed. Um, you want to talk about the Eagles? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, talk about the Eagles. <laughs> so for my uh, for my thing is, you can't blame all of this on Carson Wentz. He's he was literally running for his life, ninety percent of the plays. Sacked eight times. Sacked eight times. That's more than a single player gets in a in a season. So that was split up between a whole team, and then. Chase Young was literally everywhere. Chase Young showing why he was projected to be yeah. the best, the best player in he's last year's draft. Showing why he's the number two, and then I feel that my biggest takeaway from this is Carson Wentz will not stay healthy through this whole game, this whole season. You can't let you can't let your quarterback get hit eight times behind the pocket. That's only that's only sacks. He probably got hit way more. Yeah, that's no, not that's not counting more. after after throws. Uh, quarterback hits pr- pressures because hands do fly yep. during pressures, and then so in all, yeah, hit ten times. Okay, yeah. he got hit ten times. That's ten times in QB one hits, game, yep. and eight eight of them were sacks. That yeah. means they're not they're not easy hits. Yeah, they're, they're going to the ground. So and so overall, I don't think Carson Wentz is going to last the whole season because I mean he's already shown he has injury problems. Well, every and, and he starts off game one with ten sacks. That's not that's not good. Yeah. And then also, uh, I want to highlight. Uh, I'm going to butcher his name, so I apologize. Goddard. Okay, Dallas Goddard. He came out like a stud. I mean, Zach Ertz. Everyone knew he was going to be covered because 
when you think of Philadelphia, you think of Carson Wentz, Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz across the middle. And then Deshaun yeah. Jackson spread down to the field. On the exactly. Yeah. So they they came into the game. They definitely pre they definitely had a plan for him. And then Goddard came out and was able to show that they have another weapon in the tight end position. So overall, I feel like this team the Eagles have a lot of potential, but they have to find a way to protect Wentz because their season is pretty much riding on him, and it's going to be hard for him to stay uh, stay healthy this whole game, this yeah. whole season. Also, talking about Wentz, I know we, we talked about how he was pressured and hit the entire night, but he did throw two interceptions, fumbled the t- ball twice, and they lost the ball once out of those two fumbles. So, yes, he did have very little protection, but you need to be more cautious of the ball. Because if you're turning the ball over three times by yourself, you're in the same category as Fitzpatrick, yeah. which means that you're not going to win a lot of games. So he's already had, he's definitely had a fumbling problem. So you need to be more careful with the ball. Uh, I mean, so, honestly, shout out to are you still on the Eagles. Yeah, I, no, I'm just gonna yeah. go. I'm actually gonna build a little bit more onto the Redskins. I think the well, Eagles football, got the football team. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going. It's a force of habit. I apologize. The Washington football team. Um, I feel like they had a, just a better second half. Like, oh, yeah, they oh, just yeah. got out. I think the Eagles just got outcoached. Ron Rivera, even though his IV in his, le- in his yep. vein, yep. in his arm, is out there outcoaching the Eagles coaching staff. Yeah, Doug Peterson. Doug who's, Peterson. Who's also a really well-respected coach. I feel like. And then with Dwayne Haskins giving the speech at the halftime. Yeah, no. So, Ron Rivera had to take an IV at halftime, and Haskins took charge, gave the halftime speech, and then they go out to Alice Corn 20-0 after that. Yeah. So, I I don't know. I wasn't really sold on Haskins in college. Last year, he actually it, like impressed me a little bit more than I thought. But, I mean, if that's the way that the team is responding to him at halftime, and this team that they won where I, I know I saw several people had the Eagles locked in this win. Washington is just a mess. I, I, I definitely oh, thought the I, Eagles were going to We both had Eagles in our picks. So, uh, maybe, maybe there is something to Haskins in this team, and I, I don't know if the Washington's winning, the Jacksonville Jaguars are winning. I don't know where Lawrence is going next as, year. As we said with the, um, as we said in the predictions, the defense of Washington is elite. Yeah, like, no, they're was, very, very. I good. thought they had young talent, but they just straight up have talent. They're ready to go now. Eight sacks. I know the Eagles had two uh, offensive linemen out on injury, but eight it's, sacks is eight no sacks joke, is, and they're ready to go. And now that they they tasted it, they know that they can dominate the game. You have to now. You have to watch out for them. And when I was talking to Evan about this division, we already all. I think everyone that knows football agrees that it's the by far the worst division. You look at the Eagles. Obviously, have a better line. We saw this game. We know once we get to the Giants, Barkley had six rushing yards because they can't block literally anything. And then you look at Dallas line, who's a good other line, but they have injuries already before the season starts. And they have a lot of people that and are they have prone. A, and they have a new, yeah, they have a new um, center. And then you have yeah, Tyron Smith, who's prone to injury. If they go down on that O-line, this this Washington uh, D-line and front seven could terrorize their division. And if you win the division games, it might just be good enough to win this division yeah, because it's so terrible. I definitely won't count. I Going into, no, yeah, going I still, into the yeah. season, I definitely didn't have them last in the division. I think but, I had him last. Yeah, you had him behind the I Giants. I, I think I had him last, yeah. But I definitely – it's going to be hard for them to beat the teams that just are out-talented them on yep. the offensive side of the field because Washington is – they're going to give their heart – they're going to play their heart out. But heart can only get you so much. And obviously their defense will come out swinging. And Dwayne Haskins didn't have that hot of a game. He didn't play bad. 
He didn't get. He didn't throw an interception. Yeah. But overall, it was just a average game. Yeah, no, he completed seventeen out of thirty-one, hundred seventy-eight yards, one touchdown, no interceptions, and then but Mc McLaurin had five receptions, sixty-one yards, uh, twelve yards of catch. Uh, you just hope that uh, connection keeps it grow, and hopefully someone else in the offensive game steps up. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's Antonio get, Gibson, yeah. who's their lead rusher too. Uh, you just hope someone steps up and helps out that offense. But overall, I feel like this, the Washington football team went out ready, ready and hungry for a win. And the Eagles was – it reminds me a lot watching this game – Reminds me a lot of the um, Ravens versus Titans. Yeah. They, the Eagles felt like they had this one in the books. Yeah. And the Redskins... Not the Redskins. God. The football team. The football team. I'm sorry again. Um, They just went out there and they just played through the whistles 100% of the time while the Eagles just kind of... They're, they're, they didn't have full metal to the pedal to the metal. It was just... They were kind of stat, static. They were struggling. Yeah. So, I don't. I don't know which one is more surprising or shocking. The the Jaguars coming back and beating the Colts, or the Washington uh, football team coming back and beating the Eagles. So I thought both of those games are pretty much locks to their team. But Minshew, the way he played and the way this defense played, um, both these teams, you just like. I mean, if that's the main thing with football. That's why it's so great. You just can never really write off a team. Like that's all the teams, even like the Chiefs and the 49ers and the Ravens and the Saints, can have bad days where yeah. the bad teams just get them. So. Not the bad teams, but the less, the less skilled teams. You never can count a team out completely. It's, it's still, stuff like yeah, this it's still really early to say. You know, oh, yeah. the the Washington football team can get out and you know, and yeah, they can just next seven, continue but. to win. But they definitely showed that they have the like the hundred percent we want to they have win. Some hard, they have some grit. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like the Heat. Yeah, they might not be the most talented, but they definitely want to win. Next thing we're gonna talk about is the Chicago Bears. And the Detroit Lions, and this yeah. is another uh, game where a comeback happens. Oh yeah, so the Chicago Bears won this game twenty-seven to twenty-three, and to keep with our theme, this is another game that had a late comeback. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky dropped twenty-one points, three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. And nothing scarier than Trubisky in the fourth quarter. And yeah, and capped off the comeback. Um, I guess I'll just read his stats to start it off. He completed 20 out of his 36 passes for 242 yards for three touchdowns and zero interceptions. So, I mean, for him, that's like one of his best games, one of his stable games. Definitely one of his um, better games of his career. They started off slow. They were down 6-13 to and a half. But like we said in the fourth, they got it all together. Um, anything you want to say really about – oh, I was surprised that uh, I see Allen Robinson as by far their best like offensive playmaker. And he only had oh actually he actually did pretty well. He had five receptions for seventy four yards, uh fourteen point eight yards a carry, but or fourteen eight point yards a catch. But when I when you hear Trubisky still in three touchdowns in the fourth quarter, I expect Allen Robinson to be a big part of that. And he didn't have a single one of those three. So that actually makes me more happy for Trubisky that he's finding different weapons, uh Anthony Miller, Jimmy Graham, and Javon Wim. So uh, that just makes me excited that he's finding other players to throw the ball to me is not just relying on the true number one. And I also like the fact that David Montgomery stepped up as like their true running back. Because I love Tariq Cohen, but he's more of a gadget slot, like gadget. Yeah. You, you roll him out, he goes for he a, good too, a wheel, yeah. something like that. But David Montgomery showed that like he can punch in to get them the first downs on third and ones. Um, you ready to move on to the Lions? Lions? Yeah. Um, my biggest takeaway from the Lions is they're they, yes, they, they struggled in the fourth quarter, 
but they had a final drive that could have won them the game. And I don't like blaming one uh, every game on one play because, you know, there's no reason it should ever come down to that one play. But DeAndre Swift had to catch that. That was... Yes, so it's it was a harder a wheel, catch. It was a wheel route in the corner of the end zone with 13 seconds left, and they lost by four, so it hit him in the hands. He was open, and he dropped it, and they lost the game. Like It's it's a little more challenging catch over his left shoulder, but you have to catch it if it hits you in your hand. Like, in dead, your hands. dead in your hands. And then Perfect pass by Stafford. Yeah, and another takeaway is TJ Hawkinson. He wasn't really utilized last year. In the passing game. In the passing in the game. game. In the blocking game, he was everywhere. But... They were able to really get him in where they need him and, sh- you know, show why he was, what, the 14th overall pick? In the first round. First tight end taken in the yep. draft. So. No, yeah, he had five catches for 56 yards and one touchdown. And then Damian Andola actually had a good game. He had uh, five receptions, 81 yards, 16.2 yards per catch. And Marvin Jones Jr. had four catches, 55 yards, uh, 13.8 yards a catch. Like, and I remember on the one play, he just lit up Eddie Jackson. I don't yeah. know if you saw, he just absolutely, like, hit stick him. Um, I want to shout out to Agent Peterson. Uh, he got signed, like, I think it was like three or four days before this game. <laughs> and he led his team in rushing. He had 14 carries for 93 yards and 6.6 yards uh, per rush. I mean, like, the man is just an absolute beast. And he had three uh, three catches for 21 yards. So he had over 100 yards. It doesn't matter how old he is. He just, he just seems to go out there and play. I was kind of surprised when the Washington football team caught him. And then he just goes to the Lions and just kind of picks it up right where he left off. Oh, he almost he almost got a hundred yard game, and he is. Oh, he had hundred. He had twenty one receiving yards, so he had over a oh, hundred. Okay. So and, yeah, and he's thirty four. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, he's old. Um, it was kind of shocking for the Lions to uh, blow this game because normally, like the end of games, they're always kind of coming back. And Stafford does really well under Stafford's pressure. Stafford's really good. In the and clutch. yeah, and he just yeah, he's really good in the clutch, and he he doesn't really normally worry me at all. But when they got shut out in the fourth and you had the Bears putting up 21, uh, it was kind of shocking just because normally that's them doing that. And I would think on a flip script, they could just get a field goal or get a touchdown and just kind of put the game away. And that's where I think Kelly, Kenny Galladay being out, who's like their clear number one, I think he's going to, if anyone's having a breakout year, if he can stay healthy, he's out because of injury. It might be Galladay busting onto the big screen. If, um, so I think if he could have been healthy, he could have been the difference, I think, in this game. For me... I don't. I didn't. They, obviously, the lines are always good at near the end, and they. I was because I, I thought the Bears were a lock for this game personally, so I wasn't really that worried about it. But then they came out for three straight quarters, only scoring six. So like that shows a number to the Lions' just defense. Yeah, they might not be the most talented, but they're definitely going to. It's Matt Patricia. Yeah, he he's very good on that side of the football. Yeah, even without Okuda playing. And also, I thought like what you were saying. I thought the Bears were locked for this one too. But when I saw the halftime score of like six to thirteen, like yeah, it's not terrible. But then the the, the uh, Lions went up twenty three to six. I was like, well, well, we got that one wrong. Like, I just yeah. thought like because the Bears aren't known for their offense, they're known for their defense containing them, and then the offense is hanging around. So I definitely did not think the twenty one point comeback was coming back for Trubisky. No, so. that was all props. Not all the props, but most of the props to Trubisky. He definitely yeah. he definitely Hats engineered that that game back into their favor. But yeah, I mean. I wouldn't chalk this up as a horrible loss to the Lions, and I wouldn't blame DeAndre Swift for the whole thing. He does have to catch that yes. That is... It's just a shame it happened on his yeah. rookie debut. Yeah. There's no way you want to end. He did have a touchdown, and, so... Oh, Lions like, fans terrible. are ruthless. Yeah. So. He didn't play terrible. He had a touchdown early in the game, but that's what they remember. They're going to remember the drop touchdown. Yeah. Are you ready to move on to the next game? Yes, sir.
So the next thing we're going to focus on is the Green Bay Packers and the Minnesota Vikings. The Green Bay Packers won this game 43-34. to You want to go first? Um, Actually, I'll make the first point. I'll make the first point. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, once again, showed, um, especially after this interesting offseason of a backup quarterback being drafted in the first round, that he is still extremely elite and top-tier of quarterbacks in the league. He completed 32 out of his 44 pass attempts for 364 yards, four touchdowns, and zero interceptions. Um, I thought he played an amazing game and just really, especially against the Minnesota Vikings, who were supposed to have one of the better defenses, mm-hmm. just completely picked them apart and showed why he's, he's going to be an all-time great. Yeah, I mean, that was just vintage Aaron, jo- Aaron Rodgers. And then Aaron Jones also didn't have a bad game. I, w- I wouldn't say I'm the hottest on Aaron Jones as a player because last year he had a huge fumbling problem. And he had one fumble this game. And he, it continued on to this year. But he did get 16 carries for 66 yards and one touchdown. So overall, I think he performed as expected. Maybe a little underperformed. But I think the star of the show is Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Like, I was playing against Devontae Adams in fantasy, and he pretty much single-handedly beat me. With I think he put up 40, 40.1 in fantasy. And with 14 receptions, 156 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, I mean, what a game for Devontae Adams. And he's pretty much solidified himself as a top five in this game at the start of the season so far. But we'll see if he can continue it. Yeah, and then Marquez uh, Vado-Scanley, who has kind of a dropping problem. But he's also like the main speed guy on this team, big play guy. Uh, had four receptions, nine to six yards for one touchdown. And there was three players, uh, Lazard, Scanling, and Adams, their biggest three wide receivers, all had big big plays, big targets, with uh, a 38-yard 38 38-yard uh, catch to Lazard, a 45 to Scanling, and a 40 to Adams. So Aaron Rodgers is, once again, attacking you deep, and he's spreading out who he's going to hit you with. Um, so that's pretty impressive. Uh, also, the uh, Packers gave Aaron Rodgers a rushing game. They had 158 rushing yards. I remember last year sitting here, there was a few games last year where there was just him trying to throw the ball around the yard, and there was nothing that was going for him. So they actually got 158 rushing yards, so that's that's exciting. And um, on defense, Christian Kirksey got 12 total tackles. I thought that was pretty impressive, uh, especially with him being new to the Packers. Yeah. Um, taking over Blake Martinez's role as a like, middle linebacker. Um, yeah, uh, both both defense overall as a whole, obviously with the game being so high, 43-34, to 34, uh, both defenses disappointed greatly. I know the Packers defense went to like a little bit middle of the pack, maybe a little bit better last year with – the signing of Preston Smith and Zedaria Smith, but obviously some things have... They had a bad game, giving up 34, and so did the Vikings, giving up 43. Uh, also the Vikings. All right. Um, my One of my biggest things is Kirk Cousin. I mean, he played like a casual Kirk Cousin. Kirk Cousin, you know you're... You, I, I'm not a huge fan of Kirk Cousin, but you know what you're getting from him. Mm. He, he went 19 for 25, 259 yards... Two touchdowns and one interception. So overall, it's an okay stat line. I mean, yeah, ten point four yards. Pretty, it's a pretty uh, good stat line. Yeah. Not okay. I, um, I thought he played. I, I like the stat line, but like you said, you know he's not really getting. It's nothing surprising. Yeah, and then I, th- I one thing that was surprising was Dalvin Cook. He kind of in my in my eyes he kind of underperformed. He did get two touchdowns, but his long his longest was twelve yards, which isn't like Dalvin Cook he usually breaks out for a minimum of a twenty plus. Yeah. And then he only got 50 yards on 12 carries. So, so. no, he still averaged 4.2 yards a carry, which is actually not bad. No, yeah. But Madison got 
the same amount of yards and half the carries. He got 50 yards and six, and Dalvin Cook got 50 and 12. So I understand. I, I agreed that he wasn't that impressive. And then you have Kirk Cousins rushing for 34, who's not far behind either of them. Yeah. So, so. Uh, yeah, I thought Cook, but he was like, I can't, you can't really hate on averaging 4.2 and two uh, two touchdowns. That's not that's not a bad day. It's just no, weird. It's all for it, his it's, numbers. It's a little yeah. low for him, but yeah. overall, I would take, I wouldn't want my running back doing that. Um, also, Adam Thielen had a good yeah. game. Yeah, he. Uh, this is his first game as a wide receiver number one, like a true number one. Diggs kind and him were on the same team. Kind of showing why you sh- they shouldn't miss Diggs. But I feel like, obviously, that's a big hit. Diggs is a huge no, impact I mean, he, to whatever team. But he kind of is showing that we don't need he him can to succeed. It. Yeah, yeah. I, he can handle the Six soul. receptions, 110 yards, two touchdowns. He played very well. Yep. Especially with Jair Alexander lining up on the other opposite side of the field against the most plays. Yep. And then... Um, Kendricks, their main linebacker, had uh, 11 total tackles, so he was the leading force on the defense. But when you give up 43 points, it's hard to win any game. Yep. And uh, that was kind of my take on this game, just not enough de- defense played on either side. And if we're going into a shootout, I'm taking Rodgers over Cousins every time. And, again, this is one of those games where Minnesota got off to a slow start. Meanwhile, the Packers – see, we saw a lot of comebacks where teams let off the gas and then another team came – and got right up and behind them. The Green Bay Packers never really let off the gas. Yeah, they scored twenty two in the first. They just kept on and pushing. Twenty one in the second. Yeah. So, so when the when the Vikings put up twenty four in the fourth, we're just talking about their big comeback. Yeah. It still wasn't enough because the Packers put up seven in the third and fourteen in the fourth. They, they just they didn't they, stop. They just kept going. Yeah. They didn't they didn't lessen it. They Which just kept on. I think is a hats off to Rogers, who's a veteran, and knows that even though we're up big at half, we need to keep going and we're not slowing down at all. Exactly. Next game we're going to talk. You ready to go to the next game? I'm ready. Next game we're going to talk about is the Seattle Seahawks against the Atlanta Falcons. And the Seahawks won this game 38-25. I want to talk about this one first. Uh, Russell Wilson uh, completed 88% of his uh, throws. He threw for uh, 31 completions off 35 attempts. Amazing. 88%, especially with that high number. Like I know Minshew had 19 for 20, which is extremely good, but 20 is on the low side. 35 is on the high side. Uh, he threw for four touchdowns and zero interceptions. And he also led the team in rushing with three carries for 29 yards, averaging 9.7. I, especially with a team that has Carlos Hyde and Chris Carson, you wouldn't expect him to be rushing, but what what can he do for this team? Um, he just furthers his, like, cements his future Hall of Fame career, and I just, I love watching it. I mean, if Russell Wilson, that was an MVP caliber game. And then also, you can't take away from the fact that He's not. I don't think. He, I don't think they were designated run plays. I think he, it was just him extending the play, oh, yeah, no, at, like, Ky, like Kyler Murray does. Yep. Week after week, and then Lamar Jackson, and just that that breed of running, that breed of I can run on you. Yep. If you send an inside blitz, like. I know we've been talking about. We talk about Russell Wilson. We talk about Mahomes. We talk about Lamar, a lot in the same conversation, and Watson too. Like Russell Wilson, in my eyes, is the most accurate deep ball thrower, and he's also like. The best playmaker. I think I the think second closest one would be Watson. I think he makes plays a lot. And then Mahomes is my favorite overall. But, man, the, watching Russell Wilson just make plays and run around and sling that ball, like, he's just and amazing what he's he does. He's been doing it for eight years. Yeah. Well, maybe more. I might not have my facts correct. But he, eight minimum years. Like, that's fantastic. Yeah. So, um, I'm going to go talk about receiving. I know you're going you're gonna to pretty much cover the Atlanta side. But, uh. He had two two receivers. Now, Matt Ryan will show you that he could do more. But he had two receivers with over 90 yards. Uh, DK Metcalf had 95 yards and only on four catches. So, 
average of 23.8 yards a catch. His long was 38. So he's obviously like their big play, big like big yardage play guy. He had one touchdown. Tyler Lockett also had uh, broke over 90. He had 92 with eight receptions. So a lower um, average. He had 11.5 yards. But that's their two number one, one and two guys going back and forth, getting around the same in different ways. So that helps out uh, Russell Wilson a lot. And then Chris Carson also got involved in the pass game. Uh, he had six receptions for 45 yards with two touchdowns. So maybe he didn't have the best rushing game, but he, he showed he could go out and pass it. And then also, Greg Olson with his first game in Seattle didn't really do much in uh, Chicago there at the end. Or this is where he came from? Oh, no, he came from the Saints, right? No, not the Saints. I don't know where he was. How did he finish a year on the Panthers and get tr- Did he go? Oh, yeah, he just came from the Panthers. No, he started in Chicago. But yeah, no, yeah, he started. He got off He got off of the Panthers. Uh, Greg Olson, yeah, he, so his first game there, he had four catches for 24 yards, and he had a touchdown. So um, I was happy to see Russell Wilson use him, especially in the red zone. He's a nice big target, yeah. and that's what that's, that's what nice. he's built for in Carolina with Cam, and uh, just wasn't really getting utilized by Cam's backups, like how Allen last year, that's where he was. That's not remembering correctly. But, uh, yeah, so I was, just, I was happy to see him use him. Um, then my final takeaway on – the Seahawks as a whole is uh, Jamal Adams. They just traded two first for him. Yep. You would love for to see him come in and make a huge impact on the game. Well, he just led the team in tackles with 12 tackles, eight solo tackles, one sack, and two QB hits. So not only is he getting it done in the secondary, but he's also taking up the free uh, the safety blitz and not only blitzing, but also making the back and making plays. Yeah, it's so. also just the presence of Jamal Adams. It's like kind of like it's not the same caliber as Revis, but I have to respect the fact that Jamal Adams is back there. Yep, I he, can't throw it to his side of the field without at least knowing where he is. Yeah, and thinking about and what's going to happen. Yeah, you know. Um, are you yeah, ready yeah, to go move ahead. on? All right. um, the Falcons did their... I mean, Matt Ryan's been doing this his whole career. Obviously not to his caliber, but he went 37... Uh, 54 attempts, 37 completions for 450 yards, two touchdowns, and one assist. I mean, not one assist. One, one, <laughs> one interception. interception. But... I mean, the big thing is he had three wide receivers with a hundred plus hundred plus yards with Julio, Calvin Ridley who had two touchdowns on top of it, as well as Gage, um, Russell Gage to be exact. But there's one problem with that. It's Matt Ryan has struggled his whole career in this particular part of the field that is called the red zone. So he's able to drive his field his team down to the red zone, but he's never been able to complete and successfully push through it. So he's always struggling in that position. And I'm hats off, 450 yards, two touchdowns, only one assist. But one assist. God, I did it again. One interception. Um, but overall, that means nothing if you can't deliver in the most important part of the field. Yeah, that's fair. Um, also, we talked about, I know in the, like the prediction for the season, we talked about Calvin really hadn't been a great year in the first game First game of the season. He's the number two receiver now, now that Hooper's gone. He just casually has nine receptions for 130 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, I know Evan already read him, but uh, just really impressive altogether. And um, you just love to see him go out there and do that. Um, another thing, you know, the big hype story, one of the big hype stories of this Explosive offseason was Todd Gurley moving from the Rams to the Falcons. Um, he had a very lackluster game. He had 14 carries, 56 yards, and one touchdown. Uh, and I wasn't expecting Todd Gurley to come out here and, you know, 
120 yards, three touchdowns, and be the workhorse. But I definitely expect a little bit more. But overall, I think they're going to find new ways and intricate ways to get him into the offense and become a threat on every play. All right. You ready to go to the next game? I'm ready. All right. Next game is uh, the Las Vegas Raiders versus the Carolina Panthers, which is another game that came down right to the wire. And the Raiders won this game 34-30. to Um you want to go first on this one? Yeah. Um, so, I'm going to do both teams at one time right here. Both teams, quarterbacks played very well. No turnovers. Yeah, I thought it was a great uh, performance from Derek Carr. And who you, you wanted to see him play because you're not really sure what's going on with him and Gruden. Yeah. And I thought he just played actually a really good game. And then Teddy Bridgewater with his first game back as a starter. I thought he also played really well. So, I was really happy to see both of these quarterbacks. I like both these quarterbacks. So, I was really happy to see them both play well. And then I kind of labeled this game. Well, e- Ethan did it at first, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna take it and adopt it as my own. But um, the battle of the running backs: Josh Jacobs had 25 carries for 93 yards and three touchdowns. That's that's absurd if you ask me. Three touchdowns, 93 yards. That's almost a hundred yard game. And then Christian McCaffrey doing Christian McCaffrey things with 23 carries, 97 yards, and two touchdowns. Like. Both of these running backs were playing out of their mind. And, you know, rightly so. Josh Jacobs is probably the best up com- up and coming. And Christian McCaffrey is... Already there. Already yeah. pr- pr- proven himself as, in my opinion, the number one in the league. And just the position as a whole. Um, And then moving on to the receiving end. I want to... Every part of me, I don't like him. But he has shown week after week that he can produce, on, and now on a different team, Robbie Anderson, with six receptions and 114 yards and one touchdown. Like, that's a brilliant stat line. You can't ask some more from a wide receiver. And uh, he had a long of 75 yards as the play that he got like loose on the sideline and then just torched down the sideline. I mean, that's that's what he's that's what he was supposed to be doing in the Jets all along as their vertical threat. And then you know, they also inter- they also included DJ Moore, who was their number one. With four receptions, fifty-four yards, and then uh, Christian McCaffrey, you know. So my big, my big note on we Evan already talked about the running backs and how they completely went off in this game. So I had as a shocker, they both kind of shocked me. Jacobs was the second leading receiver on the uh, Raiders with uh, four receptions for forty-six yards, eleven point five yards uh, per carry. And then what shocked me on the Panthers side, which is actually good for the team, McCaffrey led the team in rushing and receiving last year. He was only third on receiving this in this game. He had. And he was tied with Curtis Samuel. He only had he had less receptions. So three receptions, 38 yards, only four targets. Yes, you want McCaffrey having the ball a lot because he's your best player. But if you can take the load off of him so he's not the main focus point of rushing and receiving, and you actually can get Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, Rob, uh, Robbie Anderson involved, and even Seth Roberts, it's going to help him in the long run. He'll be healthy for all. So that, that actually kind of excited me, and it kind of shocked me that Jacobs – I know that um, the Raiders struggle in passing, but – uh, Darren Waller also played. Like, they have Darren Waller, who we like. He's uh, six receptions, 45 yards. And then Nelson Aguilar only had one catch, but it was a nice TD uh, route to the corner. Double move, 23-yard uh, touchdown catch. So I was excited to see that, but I'm fine with Jacobs. I'm a little shocked, but I'm fine with him being um, a nice check-down guy for uh, for Carr in this game. And then, yeah, I'm, I agree 100%. And with Christian McCaffrey not leading in receptions, I mean – it's always very hard to duplicate that kind of season because teams start game planning for oh, you once no. you do a thousand, a thousand. That's like guaranteed. Okay, 
he's the number one threat on this team. So let's oh, take yeah. him out of the you game. Definitely have, uh, you definitely have the game plan so, for him. Yeah, they're, they're definitely game planning for him. And then, you know. Especially once, with Cam being gone. Once they're double, tripling him, then you have Robbie Anderson to torch a one-on-one. And yep. then you have DJ Moore, who's a solid wide receiver one. Yep. I think he's lower tier wide receiver one, but I still think he's solid. You got to respect him. So I think they did a really good job on that. But props to the Las Vegas Raiders for just sticking it out, just hammering the game in. Yeah, and did a touchdown every quarter. Um, yep. Another, even though the Panthers had a fifteen point fourth quarter, once again the Raiders outscored them in the second half, ten in the third, uh, seven in the fourth. They yep. understand Gruden does, Carr does at this point in his career that you have to score in the second half. You have to keep extending your lead. And playing every down like it really, really matters. Um, which they should be doing anyway. But you'll see teams that just start slacking in the uh, in the fourth. But yeah, I think as a whole, I don't. I didn't have very high expectations for either of these teams. I think I'm. I know I, I moved the Raiders up to third in their division, and I think I had the Panthers either right behind the Falcons or maybe the Falcons right above them. But I, as a whole, my takeaway from these teams are both of these teams look pretty good. Honestly, uh, I think they're both going to be competitors. I think the Raiders will be more competitive with more teams. Yeah. Because the Panthers are very one dimensional. Well, NFC is a little bit harder, too, I think. Yeah. But, and uh. The, the Panthers are just very one dimensional. Yeah, no. The defense is both scary. Uh, Abram, actually, on the Raiders, came back from his injury. Uh, so it was nice to see him. And he's out there. Up. <laughs> yeah, and he had 13 tackles and nine solos and one tackle for a loss. It does not surprise me at all. He's. He's a hard hitting playmaker. And, uh, honestly, he's just. He's just a lot of fun to watch. He definitely. He definitely has a different nickname, but I'm a big fan of Mini Mini Boom Mini Bam. <laughs> you know, he's like can't he's not Cam Chancellor. Nobody's ever going to be Cam Chancellor, but he goes out and you know he's going to put 100 every, every hit he does. He hurt he hurt himself and, and his teammate <laughs> and his teammate last year. Like that man is throwing his whole body weight behind every hit. So every single time you throw it or catch it near him, you have to worry for your own health, and then it's just a fear factor. So overall. I'm very happy that Jonathan Abram is going uh, is going to be a big part of this defense moving forward. Yeah, and uh, like we said, both teams overall just looked a lot better than I thought. It was, that's actually one of the better games. I really enjoyed watching this game. Uh, the next thing we're going to talk about is the Chargers and the Bengals. Um, Evan, you can say you want to talk about the Tyrod first because I think you said it best. All right. Um, for me, this game was very lackluster, but one of my biggest takeaways is you pay, you get what you pay for. You got Tyrod Taylor, and he did exactly what he's supposed to do. And, like, he does exactly what he's been doing his whole career. It's, I'm not going to turn the ball over, but I'm not going to give you any big plays. Like, hit, pat, throwing past 20 yards has always been a struggle for him. Yeah, he averaged 6.9 yards a throw. But you know that in between that 5 to 20, he's automatic, pretty much. And then that's... Uh, you, you know what you're getting from, and you're, he's just there until you grow Justin Herbert. So, Tyrod Taylor did exactly what he was supposed to do. It wasn't he was a game manager. Yeah, a game manager. Yep. He's not he's not out there to go clutch you up in this two minute in the two minute drills. But yeah, bring you back. He's definitely a solid wide. I I I, I like him. Hmm. I think he. I don't know why the Bills moved on so hastily, hmm. but overall I like him. I and think he's in the Browns for a while too. Yeah, but. Um, Austin Eckler kind of did his thing. He be, he punched it in the run game, and then he was actually very lackluster in the receiving game. He was a thousand receiving yard last year, and he only had three this game. Yeah, and well, he had, but yeah, like you said, you did get him rushing at nineteen carries, eighty four yards, four point four yards a carry. Um, overall, both these 
offenses kind of struggled. Obviously, the score being the Chargers sixteen, Bengals thirteen. Yeah. And at halftime, it was six to seven. Cincinnati was up. Um, my my takeaway on the Bengals side was that uh, Burrow, for a rookie starting number one overall pick, uh, didn't actually play that bad. I mean, he completed twenty three out of his thirty six pass attempts, one hundred ninety three yards. Yes, he had no touchdowns and one interception. But I really don't think he played that bad. He had he had a rushing touchdown. Um, he had eight eight attempts. Eight, eight, yeah, eight rushing attempts for forty or uh, forty six yards. Uh, one touchdown, and his long was twenty three yards, which was his rushing touchdown. Um, so I don't think he played that bad. And uh, AJ Green first came back, he missed a whole entire season. Um, yeah. yeah, I just have one more comment on Joe Burrow before we moved on. Um, yeah. he's a rookie. He might he might be the stud out of college. Mm. He might be the first overall pick, but. He's not gonna go out there and be a Kyler Murray. Like yeah. you gotta give him at least a few weeks. Well, he also doesn't like yeah, yeah. And, and he, he doesn't have a strong O line in front of him. So I don't. He's a very terrible O line. Yeah. Him. So I, 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 I have think, one more point I think he about did him. well for did, did well. Oh, yeah, I have one team. more point about him. I want to say AJ Green because he he's part of it. So AJ okay, Green. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. He has AJ Green. He has five receptions, fifty-one yards, uh, ten point two yards a carry, uh, a catch, and his long was fourteen. So look, he got pretty much right around ten every time. Um, but yeah, about Joe Burrow and about AJ Green, uh, Joe Burrow played well enough with this. With this, compared to the Chargers, their roster is way worse on offense and defense, in my opinion. Oh, then wide receiver core. Uh, yeah. Well, no, I mean, they don't have a bad. They have Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. They don't have a bad wide receiver core. I'm not trying to say. But that. yeah, no, AJ Green. I mean, AJ Green's I would healthy. AJ Green, yeah. Tyler Boyd, and um, Ty- John Ross, yeah. and Higgins. Yeah, and Higgins. So, uh, yeah, which I'm excited to see how he plays this year. But uh, in my opinion. So Burrow played well enough to win this game. Uh, he would have been the first first overall quarterback pick to win his uh, first game. Uh, on the final drive when they were down sixteen to thirteen, he actually threw the game winning touchdown to AJ Green, and it was called back for a uh, offensive, offensive pass, pass interference. interference. But that still led their kicker for a thirty one yard field goal to force overtime, and he just completely shanked it. Which is just heartbreaking for Burrow because he he's a rookie quarterback trying his hardest and to lose by three when and now, you now. thought you threw the touchdown to win it and then you, you go all right we have overtime and then you see that thing go wide right uh, that must be pretty as you can like there's a meme of his face he's yeah very that was, shocked. I was about to say now he's yeah. a meme so uh, I felt bad for him because I thought he played well enough with his roster to win that game but a good takeaway from this this game this team he found who he likes yeah so far like he found C J Uzuma. Yeah, the tight end. So he knows that he's reliable. And then as well as A.J. Green, who is... Everybody knows he's yeah. reliable. He has When a he's bit, healthy. He has a little bit of a health problem, but he's he's reliable when he's healthy. Yep. And then Tyler Boyd... Who I stepped think, in to be the one. Yeah, he stepped up on. to the one and didn't play horrible. But, you know, it was the first thing. Like, Juju's first year as one wasn't mm. anything to, you know... Oh, that's a star. Yeah. But... He's a great. He, I'd be more than happy to have Boyd be my number two. Yes. All right. Next game. I'm ready for it. Next game is Cardinals and 49ers, who also was a big upset. Now we said the Cardinals would be dangerous, but I definitely thought that definitely the, thought 49ers the 49ers, 49ers could uh, handle it this week. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, the Cardinals won this game, 24 to 20, and another fourth quarter comeback. Um. I have written in my notes just Kyler Murray in all caps. Uh, he had 26 completions for 40 uh, pass attempts for 230 yards. He had one touchdown, one interception. But where he really shined was he had 13 carries for 91 rushing yards, seven yards per carry, and one touchdown. He uh, he, uh, he led the team in rushing. They had 180 rushing yards, so he had more than half. You have to 
not only account for his air rating and his ability to pass the ball everywhere across the field, but now he's obviously going to be a main part in his running game. Like, it's just part of his game plan. Same with Josh Allen. And, like, we can talk about Lamar, who's obviously dominant in the run, but when we get to the game, you can see that he didn't really run. He just showed that he could sit in the pocket and pass around. With Allen and Murray, we've seen that the run is a permanent part of their game for now. Um, yeah. So that was my that's my big takeaway on Murray. I thought he played great. Also, even with the 49ers' excellent pass rush, his speed allows him to roll out and kind of not like totally negate it, but he buys himself more time when quarterbacks who sit in the pocket can't. Like, yeah. And that's why the 49ers, even though their roster is so complete from like top to bottom, defense and offense, when you have that great D-line, but the two quarterbacks in your division are Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson, who just make a living off of extending plays, and it doesn't matter who you throw at them, it's going to be really frustrating for the 49ers front defensive line, who's better than most teams. Oh, that, I think and, they have probably the top three in the league. And they're not going to be able to really get to these guys because they're just too athletic and talented. If they were in like... The only person I think on that D-line that could consistently Boza. chase him down is Bosa. Yeah. But they're obviously the O line are definitely watching him. So, um, yeah. I mean that's just that's just bad luck coming from the point. I mean they're still good enough to obviously compete, and I think we both had them <laughs> win the division. But that's just a it's just frustrating to be them. Um, and then before we move on to the receivers, yep. Kenyon Drake, I feel like you know this is a team with a fantastic offensive line. It's going to be hard to go out there and just punch the ball down their gut. But I feel like Kenyon Drake getting on sixteen carries, sixty yards, and one touchdown is. Yeah, I feel good. like that's pretty good against the 49ers. You can't really ask more of a running back running into that. Especially especially with Drake. Uh, it's kind of what we talked about last game with Eckler. They're both known as receiving backs, but they both took the role of being the main back and rushing, yeah. and they both did pretty well. So that's a good sign. And you know they can receive the ball. Exactly. So, so it's a good sign moving on for their offense. Yeah, they're and a then, clear double threat. Yeah. So, yeah, I want to – DeAndre Hopkins, I'm so excited to talk about him. Yeah. I think you can definitely say he's grateful to uh, be here. He had 14 receptions, 151 yards, and 10.8 yards per uh, per catch. I'm sorry to say this, but Julio had more yards. Uh, he had six more yards. <laughs> <laughs> Number oh, one. Yeah, what's it called? Julio was getting – Rack Ryan was throwing the ball all over the field. Yeah, whether it's Seattle defense or not, they're not, they're not bad at all. But No, Hopkins um, – there, there was some, there was some worry that he might not like. You just have to see how it works with Kyler Murray, but obviously, you just plug in a great wide receiver, a great quarterback talent. They're gonna click, and then Larry Legend, Larry Fitzgerald had four receptions, thirty-four yards, and eight point five yards. Like it's a hundred and sixtieth game with a reception in, in a row. Uh, I don't know. It sounds right. Like, uh, ten years. That'd be yeah. <laughs> like jeez. Yeah, he he wants to go. He he's just gonna. He, I mean, he's the second. He's just he lived. He's the second highest receiving yard or receiver in this in this game. Um, yeah, you give Kyler Murray these weapons, even with Larry Fitzgerald being so old, Hopkins is the playmaker. Um, it's just gonna be exciting. He almost had a touchdown too. He got to the one. They they called it back. They called it a touchdown at first. They called it back, but he was just out there making plays and. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong. They also have... He didn't really show up this game, but they also have Kirk... Yeah, Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk, thank yeah. you. He only... I, I, for some reason, I was thinking Kirksey. Yeah, no, he was targeted five times, uh, one reception. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, what's it called? He, he'll he be fine. He'll get in it. I know that's, they have just, that's just one too. game. Yeah. And then, so. with how deep their wide receiver core is, there's not going to be enough corners yep. on the defensive side to cover all of them. Especially with Kirk, because Kirk's a speed guy, because... Hopkins like isn't really a speed guy; he's a hands guy. And Fitzgerald's the same thing, but just like ten years older. Yeah. So they're gonna need speed, and 
Curly, Murray's gonna Murray you, you utilizes speed and receivers as well. So um, I'm not worried about Kirk at all. He must have had a rough game, five targets, yeah, one catch. But uh, yeah, no, they just completely blew onto the scene, and they had 14 points in the fourth to come back and win. So a very exciting game. My biggest takeaway is the 49ers are going to struggle until week four or six when they get Debo back because they just don't have any threats in the receiving game other than Kittle and most are rolling out for basic passes. Yeah, and, and a big part of this, like Kittle came back, but Kittle missed a part of the third, missed, which is questionable yeah. with the knee. So that's when they went, that's the only quarter they went scoreless, and then he came back. And even then, you don't want to throw it to him in yeah. the middle and just get him hurt again. No, no, what's it called? He came back, and he was just more of like, a, we have to cover this guy because he's Kittle. But he is, especially like you said, with Debo Samuel being out, and then Emmanuel Sanders leaving. They don't really have any playmakers outside, so they did went and go get Mohamed Sanu for next week. So you hope that hopefully he can get he can get well with Jimmy Garoppolo. Yet, yet again, it's only been they, they only have so. Oh yeah, long they have like four or five days with him. So yeah. I you don't know if he's even gonna really play. So I think he'll play limited snaps. But yeah, you would hope that somehow him and Garoppolo get a connection as fast as possible because they really need it as soon as possible. Uh, they're just struggling on playmakers outside of Kittle. Then I mean the defense did their job. Like they just got into the face of Kyler Murray, but Kyler Murray is the player he is. He's yep. going to wheel out and extend the plays. So overall, I think this was a close game. It was a fantastic game, and it just came down to you know Kyler Murray is more of a playmaker than Jimmy Garoppolo, and he has more weapons. Oh yeah, and yeah. Well, I mean you have Kittle, but yeah, no more I weapons mean, overall. K- overall, my my only problem with you know Kittle, I love Kittle, but he's a tight end. Yeah, tight ends can only get you so far. He he's he's an exception at the tight end position, though. Well, yeah, I, I if any if any tight end in the league right now is going to get you anywhere, it's going to be him. I agree. It would have been Gronk like four years ago, five years ago, but but I mean, wide receivers right, are fair. way more off, way more oftenly utilized. I'm sorry. Yeah, get a hundred plus yard games more often and two touchdown plus games. Yeah. more often. It's just it's hard to weigh your whole receiving t- game on Kittle or if Mostert can make a a long rack. Yeah. But that's not always a guarantee. Yeah. So, overall, I don't I think this team is going to struggle for the for the weeks coming up. But um in the in the passing game, I think they'll have a fantastic run game and obviously the defense is in my opinion top 3. 123 yards in uh, rushing. Yeah. So, I hey. just think the Cardinals are a bad matchup. Yeah, no, definitely. And so are the Seahawks, if we're being and honest. Richard Sherman's on the IR. Yeah, and Richard so Sherman went down. their biggest corner. Yep. Out. He's their captain on defense, too. Um, yep. One more thing I want to talk about is you just said that you just talked about the 49ers defense. The uh, Arizona Cardinals uh, defense, uh, Boodoo Baker became the <laughs> highest paid safety, turns around and gets 15 tackles. And then Isaiah Simmons, who we both talked about, uh, he played great in coverage, and he got three solo tackles for his first game. So... I was happy with both their big players uh, making plays, and I think they have to be excited about the performance. Yeah, I think around. they have officially set themselves up to have two fantastic safeties, and if you have two good safeties, that makes the rest of your team better because they can rely on pushing forward and playing the like the mid to short game a lot stronger because they don't have to worry about it. What if I get burned? Right. So then they can commit to it a lot more. So overall. I think they have a great team for the weeks coming up. Yeah, it's, I think we both had them rest of the playoffs, but they might. Kyler Murray, like we said, he'd have to he'd have to bust into the playoffs to be that yeah. MVP. He might be showing that he's ready to take over the league like um, Lamar did last year and like Mahomes did two years ago. And I predicted them 
not not to win their division, but if they go win it, I'm not going to be mad. Yeah, no. it's going to be. And I, I love the Cardinals team. They're fun to watch. And they, the my only thing was I don't know if they could put it all together. It's a lot of moving pieces, a lot of new things, but. Yeah, it looks like Kingsbury and Murray <laughs> it looks are doing like they it. pretty yeah. much got it down, beating the number number no. two ranked team going into the yeah, league. Yeah, they went to the Super Bowl last the year. Season. So, all right. So, the next thing we're going to talk about is the New Orleans Saints and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the Saints won this game thirty-four to twenty-three. Um, do you want to start this one? Or do you want me to go? Uh, I know. So this is a game that was largely on um, the Buccaneers just going through it with a new. New identity, new everything, Tom Brady, new system, new weapons, um, Arians offense. So Brady struggled a little bit. He had uh, 23 completions off his 36 pass attempts for 239 yards. He had two touchdowns and two interceptions. Um, first off, I'd just like to say that uh, Brady just struggled. It's just kind of obvious. But if there's anyone I wouldn't bet against, or I don't want to bet against, is Brady. I think eventually they'll get down. I know Bruce Arians' offense has a lot of like wide receiver options that were like the wide receiver makes a play and the quarterback or makes a read and he decides to cut up, cut down. Like they're just, they're just built into the playbook, and that just takes time to get used to. And that's why that this team was high turnover, especially with how much they pass the ball. So on the first interception that Brady throws, you can just see that Evans read it different than Brady. Yeah, he cuts in and and, and Brady throws it deep across the middle, across the top, and he just doesn't go up there. So that's obviously just a disconnect from them. Um, so yeah, you can see that Brady struggles. Also, Mike Evans struggles. All he had was two yards on the day. Um, four targets, one catch, two yards, which is just... What, and it was a touchdown throw, right? Uh... Yeah, so yeah, it was a touchdown, but I mean, it's just two yards is very, yeah, two yards is, yeah, and then if you would tell me that, we'll get to it later, but Michael Thomas also struggled, man, had 17 yards, if you would have told me that these two players combined for 19 yards, I would have probably said you're crazy, so. Yeah, I mean, my fantasy team definitely, (laughs) definitely reflects Michael Thomas's So yeah, I, that would be, to my surprise, uh, my only rushing attack, even though they have Leonard Fournette and Sean McCoy and. Ronald Jones was there before them. Um, Arian said that it's his job to lose, and he, he he proved that. He had 17 carries, 66 yards, 3.9 yards of carry, which is pretty decent. Um, the next leading rusher who had the most carries was Fournette with five, so this man almost quadrupled that. So that's his job until he loses it. And my one, my one big takeaway is I was really happy to see O.J. Howard actually get six targets, four receptions, 36 yards, and a touchdown. Um, I've been so excited to see – his player out of Alabama, who's just like I know he can be a good playmaker, and he's finally getting the targets and like the looks that he deserves. And I think Brady liking the tight end position only helps him in the next upcoming uh, weeks in the season. So I'm excited to see OJ Howard play. I think a big takeaway building off of the OJ Howard is like I think even Tom Brady knows that Gronk isn't the Gronk we all know and love. He's a fantastic blocking tight end, but. Even though Gronk was on the field, I think like seventy-five percent of their plays, he, he I don't think did he even have a reception. I know he blocked a lot. Yeah, like Gronkowski only had two receptions for eleven yards. Yep, that's like that's not Gronk. Yeah, that's not the Gronk we know. But it's only one game, so I'm sure I don't we'll want to. I don't want to chalk it up to that. But I feel like OJ Howard would be the lead receiving tight end, and then they'll have Gronk be the lead blocking tight end because they know he can do it and he's been doing his whole career. Yeah. Um, 
my big takeaway is I never want to, as you said, you never want to count out Brady because Brady can do things that we don't think is possible. But he's on a bad trend right now with three back-to-back games with an, with the interception that led to a pick six. And in this game, he just so happened to have two picks. Obviously, one of them was miscommunication. The other one was just, why would you throw that? Like, yeah. With the amount of experience Tom Brady has, there's no reason he should ever throw that ball. He just flicked the ball out to the wing or to like the, what is it even called? Like the the out route, I think. Yeah, not, it's just like a screen, like almost like a screen to his running back, like in the flat. Yeah, in the flat throw to his running back without even really looking. He didn't even, he just kind of flipped it over there without even checking to see if anyone there. And Jamar Shagan is just sitting there waiting for it, jumps it, and then there it goes. Like, I don't really know what he was thinking. He kind of just carelessly didn't didn't take the precautions of checking his blanket out route or flat he route. He definitely didn't scan the field before throwing that. Yeah. So I don't know. Obviously, it might just be his first game jitters with the new team, but it wasn't a good sign for Brady. And then I also want to, like, we're about to go into the Saints, but also before we get into the Saints, I just want to talk about the injuries this game. Like, Michael Thomas is huge. And we don't they don't know exactly when he's going to go back. He's de- denying... He doesn't want to go in the IR, but that's that's a huge injury. And then also Chris Godwin going down late in the game. Yeah, he actually played well. Yeah, he, he played really well up until that point, but he went down late in the game. Yeah, he had six receptions for seventy nine yards. And I know I'm pretty sure he went to a concussion protocol at some point after the game. So, to, that's to be determined. But overall, those are two big two big impact hurts. But moving on to the New Orleans Saints, uh. Breeze had, I, I don't, I don't know how to assess this. He wasn't the most accurate as he's been in his career, with only eighteen uh, completions on thirty attempts. But he did get two touchdowns and zero interceptions, so you can't really ask more. And Michael Thomas is a no factor, who is his go to guy. Yeah. So yeah. I thought overall, yeah, he wasn't as accurate. He even seemed a little off, but he got the job done, and he didn't make any big mistakes, even without his true number one being gone. So. Jared Cook led the team receiving with five receptions for 80 yards. And Alvin Kamara, the yeah. do-it-all running back, who had 48 rushing yards, also had 51 receiving yards. So he Alvin Kamara only he had did 16 everything. rushing yards. Latavius Murray oh, had 48. Oh, my bad, yeah. Latavius Murray had 48. So, but no, he, he got it done in the yeah. receiving game, so that's good. So, yeah, that's, that's really all I have to say about the game. Oh, one thing. I, one of the saddest plays, probably the saddest play I've seen um, this whole week one was the muffed, the muffed kickoff yeah. on the Buccaneers part where was it was like a weird high kicked ball to like the sideline of the the sideline and the 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 Bucks player was running back trying to make it over the back like like looking over his head catch where he could have just let the guy behind him catch it so then he muffs it runs into that guy and then the Saints get it in their own red zone yeah that's right true. after scoring like uh, it's just unacceptable by the Buccaneers special teams and I'm sure. They got they treated got a, all they got long, earful. but you can't give the Saints an extra drive in the red and zone. Drew Brees is by far one of the best QBs in the red zone, so you can't do that. Yeah, so I that was that was one of the most embarrassing and, and probably the worst play I've seen this week. Overall, I think the Buccaneers played very sloppy. I don't want to count them out of anything, but overall, they have to improve on communication. Tom Brady has to think more before every throw. And they have to get the chemistry down. And they I have to hope that Godwin's healthy. Yeah, they need him. Uh, I'm excited to see if they make these adjustments for week two. 
Um, I, yeah, so. All right, Rams next game. Yes, yeah. sir. So the next game we're going to talk about is the Cowboys and the Rams, which is the Sunday night game. Uh, the Rams won this game 20-17. to 17. Yeah, you can start. <laughs> um, I'm just – this game was kind of painful to watch. I watched it, but I didn't really get anything out of it. Like, I, I have takeaways from it, but, like, overall, I didn't, I didn't really enjoy watching this game. Um, Mike McCarthy has got to kick that field goal in the fourth quarter. I don't know – you know the exact time. Oh, yeah, so – the Cowboys were down by three with 11.46 in the fourth quarter, and they elected to go for it on fourth and three inside. I think they were on, like, their 25-yard line. Yeah, I think it was a 30. And it would have been, like, a 34-yard kick. Yeah, it would have been an easy, makeable kick for uh, Greg the leg. And him electing to go for it, yeah, it's the aggressive move. But when you're down by three, you can tie it with 11 minutes and 46 seconds. If you have any faith in your defense, you just kick that field goal and tie the game. And... Their defense played out. The Rams scored zero points in the fourth, <laughs> and, and so did the Cowboys. Yep. So, and they didn't kick it. They lost by three. That was that three is a game changer. So, yeah, that me and him both looked at each other, and I disagreed. If especially the with that second much time we left, saw them go into the field, we looked at each other and we were like, "What?" I understand wanting to be aggressive. Like they called two plays. You could obviously tell like, they called the third. It was a third and uh, six. They just expect we'll get, we'll, we can get. We'll call two plays. We'll get. We'll do it quick. We'll get a third down. We'll get. Six or not, and then if not fourth time, we ever play ready to go. But the fact that you can't, you have you don't want to take points off the scoreboard. That's free three points, and they just missed it. And actually, the safety that uh, read the coverage, he, he he called out the play before it happened. I, I saw them the the film breakdown. He was a rookie, and he ran across the pick across the middle of the field and met C D Lamb right like a yard short of the first down. So it was a great play by the rookie safety. Um, but yeah, I just we do, both definitely agree disagree with that call, and it was just. Uh, you just have to tie it with 11 minutes left. Like, if it's like two minutes, five minutes, whatever, you want to go for the win, go for the win. But 11 minutes, that's yeah. You're looking at two more possessions, most likely. And I, I hate to say it, but like, hey, your offense has been struggling yeah, all night not, long. They're you not scored, the Ravens. They're not. You scored three points in the second half up to that point. You've been stalling. So tie the game while you can. I don't understand. Or that. if it's fourth and three, use the person that's been consistent this whole game for you. Go with Zeke. Yeah, yeah. Feed him. Yeah. Like his tattoo. Feed me. Feed him the ball. Yeah, Zeke had 22 carries for 96 yards, averaging 4.4 yards a carry on the on the ground, and one touchdown. Like, yeah, it's one of the plays that we didn't we didn't highlight. It was the Panthers. Like, you 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 were talk. We were talking about this before. Like, you gave it to the fullback. Yeah. Instead, in return, the Cowboys gave it to the rookie wide receiver and. They went for a pass play. If you have a if you have a top three running back and you're within four yards on fourth, I would give it to your running back. Like this yeah. has been shown. This was shown in the past in one of the past Super Bowls with when they could have fed Zeke on the on second and one instead they go for a slant. Yeah. It's um, just, what's it called? Another problem with this team is just that all we heard about is how explosive their offense will be, how great it will be with you have Dak, you have Zeke, you have Cooper, Ceedee Lamb, Gallup, a good O line, and yeah, and yeah, drama. And once again, you put up seventeen points and you put up three in, in the in the second half. It's just lackluster, and it was always blamed on coaching. Now, yeah, we disagree with McCarthy's call to go for it on that fourth and three, but there was still like two other quarters to play where they only got three points. So I just think there needs to be more plays made in the third and fourth quarter in the big quarters that matter, and and um, there just weren't. I have to give props to the Cowboys' defense. They played without Sean Lee. 
They played without Van Der Esch went down there beginning for half the game. It's just those are the two biggest players I would say on that T on that D. Other than the front four, the two biggest players are those two linebackers. They lead the team. They tell they line up people. They know where to go. They're calling the plays, and they were missing Sean Lee's experience and Leighton Van Der Esch, just pure physical abilities. Yep. I f- I feel it, and they still held the Rams to twenty. Like that's. It was a very winnable game for this offense. It should be a winnable yeah. game for this offense. The fact that the Cowboys' defense was able to hold them to 20 and the Cowboys' offense, which has been the hype, one of the most hyped-up things in this offseason, just can't get three touchdowns. Produce. No. And largely in part to a call late in the game when Gallup got past Ramsey. Yeah. And so this is a deep, like, four-yard bomb to put – the Cowboys are like the 25 yard line, yeah, I think. It would have been, yeah. And um, I'm going to just say, when I saw, originally saw the play, I definitely thought it was uh, offensive pass interference. The way that uh, when they slowed it down in slow motion, you can see that um, Gallup's arm is extended. Me and Evan talked about it earlier today. Gallup's arm is extended. It doesn't really seem like he pushes off, but Ramsey whips back. Enough to get the call, and then enough to where he doesn't actually knock himself off course, where if they he doesn't get the call, he can recover and make the tackle, but he sold it. He knew he got beat, and it was great because when I saw it, when I saw it live, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe that was so blatantly pass interference." But yeah. his arm is fully extended, which got him, which got him the throw to flag because it looks like he pushed off, but he doesn't actually push all of them. His arm just extended, and then Ramsey sells it. So, um, honestly, it's a great play by Ramsey. I mean, you kind of hate to see it because like it didn't actually, it wasn't actually a foul, and but could have swung the game. Yeah, and yeah, that could definitely swung the game because then the next time that the Cowboys had the ball, they had like seconds left and they were just heaving the ball downfield and they weren't even really close i remember one of them went out of bounds but um um building on to like the offense yeah that call it hurt a lot like that was i I wouldn't call it a miss because any ref yeah could read in their right mind watching it could be like okay that's just a passing fan yeah full full extension he goes back okay and i know fans like way before make your point fans love to like say like oh their team always gets screwed by the refs but like in this game in the play that golf threw a pick he also got slapped in the in the in the helmet and his helmet is completely turned sideways which you're not allowed it's to do. Rough in the past, right? So it should have been a flag. The, the, that pick should have been taken away. So you win and you lose with yeah. refs. Like, it's not like, there's never perfect. Unless you're a Saints fan, you think that you always just lose. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, it goes both ways. That, that happened in the third quarter where they get a free pick. And then later in the game, they get a pass interference call. So it's not just one play. Like, it's the same thing with like, DeAndre Swift. It's yeah. not just one play. Yeah, it's, but it's the, multiple plays. When plays like, happen, when huge things happen in the last two minutes, that's what's remembered. Like they're going to so. chalk up, you know. They're going to chalk up Gallup, but in reality, if they go for that field goal, the that game should be isn't for the win. on the yeah. line for Gallup. Yep. Like, if Gallup, if that, if that call never, if that call still happens, but they still have, th- they have another three on the board. Yep. They're going for the win, not for the yeah. tie. But, my biggest takeaway was, but my one of our big problems, and at, we, we talked about this a lot of times, was the inability to show up on third down for Cooper and Zeke. Like, when it came down to third down, big third downs, that is, last season, they just didn't show up. And on this game, every single third down, you could almost, like, guarantee that one of them, or well, mostly both of them, but, like, one of them would make a huge impact on the play. So, I think that was a big, that was a big step up. So, they're finally, like, showing why they gave two picks up, two first rounds for Cooper. And then, which, I love Cooper, but... That's a story for another time. And then Zeke, 
is feed me. Mm. And he's finally showing why you should feed him. Yeah. Like, well, not finally, but he's showing that, you know, he's not, he's not in that Cabo mindset anymore. Yeah, and um, Robert Woods for the Rams offense played pretty well. Yeah. Uh, six up in 105 yards. And actually, like, Malcolm Brown and Cam Akers played. Brown had uh, 18 carries for 79 yards, and Cam Akers had 14 carries for 39 yards. So both these guys are young players, and there's – Getting used to this Sean McVay offense, but uh, the offense, the Rams offense as a whole played uh, actually better than I expected. Uh, you ready for the next game? I am ready. So the first Monday night game was the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the New York Giants, and the Pittsburgh Steelers won this game 26 to 16. Um, so you want to start first? I'll start first. All right. So I think we both have the biggest takeaway. The biggest takeaway is uh, Saquon Barkley's 15 rushing yards for six. Or 15 rushing attempts for six yards, which is obviously probably his worst performance on yeah, the ground. Zero point four. Yeah, and uh, but he did get 60, uh, 60 receiving yards, so he totaled 66 yards uh, on the game. Yeah. Um, I don't really blame him though. I blame his offense line. I think they played absolutely like horrendous. It was, uh, it was a piece of paper, and they were scissors. Like. I mean, we talk about Barkley like having to, like <laughs> break like three or four tackles, like. Sometimes they get to, like get back to the line, but that's literally what it was. Like, I definitely I didn't think they could get worse from past years with Barkley. Yeah, they drafted break the out. first tackle in the yeah, draft. They, they went Thomas. Thomas yeah. I I wasn't expecting their well, obviously the Pittsburgh Steelers have a top three defense. Yeah, they have a really I, good. I know I've said that a lot today, top three, but I mean like for me, Steelers, I think the Ravens are high up there personally, mm. and the four and as Forty Niners, I don't have exact order between them, but I think those are like the top three. Because the Pittsburgh Steelers led in turnovers, and their top, their front guys are strong. Like I, I like Wormley. I think he's a good nose tackle. He'll push the center back. He'll fill a gap. He'll do whatever you need. And then you know, T.J. Watt, T.J. Watt, Hayward. I think Bud Dupree, Bud Dupree, Bud Dupree blew up a lot of plays. Um, but I want to say one more thing about Barkley before we move on. Yeah. Um, he hurdled two people in this game. <laughs> like if you actually watch the game, I think. Barkley, even, I had no idea he was struggling. Like, as I was watching the game, I had no idea. I know, like, the running game wasn't going well, but, I mean, like, every time he gets a pass, he, he averaged 10 yards straight up. 60, six receptions, 60 yards, 10 yards every single time. Yep. He, I know he broke out from one, it was, like, 38 or something like that, but um, he had, like, officially became my non-favorite QB player to watch. Like, obviously, I love watching Lamar. I love watching Russell Wilson, Mahomes, Murray, Watson, the playmakers, but Aaron Rodgers, too, but, like, Non QB, he is officially just my favorite to watch. He just when he gets the ball in his hands, I, I literally have no idea what he's gonna do. I mean, he's just full sprint, just jumps over a guy and then breaks the tackle when he lands. I don't even understand. And he's doing it against, like you said, the Steelers defense. He's just, uh, I know he didn't have a great yards game, but the plays that he did make. I mean, his team's his team's so bad that he gets a hurdle guy. Yeah, <laughs> he's I only getting sixty six yards. So. I think he's a strong. I, for me, like you say, he's number one. I think he's number two. I yeah. like I like C Mac, but that's personally me because he does it on both sides. Yeah, C Mac does everything. Yeah, but I mean, like I feel like Saquon behind that kind of oh, even like Saquon. Not even I mean, even Christian McCaffrey's O line's not that good. But even behind a uh, O line of that caliber, from what we saw last last week, yes, they had a new they had a new center and a new they had a young left tackle that is a backup. But overall, like. Saquon isn't I don't think he's at the blame and like yeah. people are kind of ripping him apart for this performance but he, I mean like he's, he's he led like, his, yeah. he's second he had the second most receiving yards on the team and like I was playing Madden and I'm, this is it's related but a little unrelated 
I was playing Madden. I rolled out with a pitch to the right, and I didn't have a single blocker for whatever reason. And there's three people behind me. I recorded it, sent it to Ethan, and I was like, this is Saquon Barkley during his game. Like, I had to break three tackles, four tackles to get back to the line Just to get to the line of scrimmage. Like, and that's what it was in real life because, I don't know, they're just in there instantly. And I guess we'll see moving forward if it's just the Steelers that could. But I really have a feeling that their O-line is just that bad, that, that struggles some. Um, let's just stay with the Giants for now. Yeah. And then we'll just go to the Steelers. So, um, Darius Slayton, who started the former connection last year with all the injuries that the Giants had in the receiving core, had six receptions for 102 yards and had two touchdowns. Um, he just made really big plays, especially on the deep ball. I know he had one uh, 41-yard touchdown. Uh, he just was getting open like on his second move yeah. deep in routes. And Daniel Jones was letting it fly, especially when – you have no time and you're down. Yeah, talking, you're down late, so there's Leonard Sling. So talking about Daniel Jones, there's one play yeah. that got on my nerves for him. That was their best drive by far too. They it, drove yeah, the entire they, they field. They drove the whole field. They were. They were that was when they were down by I think one possession. So they were gonna get back into the game. This was Saquon Barkley's. Was, I think this was one of Saquon Barkley's passes to the yeah. right, and he hurdled, and then. He's he's roll he's rolling out to the left, and I understand he's getting chased by literally the whole D line. And there was but, six defenders. But there's six defenders in front of you. You just in throw that away. Yeah. And he tried to throw it through Bud Dupree's contact, and the ball just flutters up for Hayward to jump up and like cradle catch it. Yeah, either throw it away or take the sack. You can't. Yeah, it's first and goal. It was. You can't throw it into six of them. I remember I did I text. I know I was watching. I was watching with my other friend. I think I texted Evan or I, I told Thomas. I said. The only way this goes terrible is if Daniel Jones makes a terrible decision. And, and then he just behold. rolls off, gets blasted, and just throws a moon ball. I'm just sitting there like, I couldn't believe it. I was, so that's just a young quarterback it's still making year, bad mistakes. Um, you just can't do that. Period. Yeah. And now we can go to the Steelers' offense. They started off slow, and then they really started connecting in the, uh, in the second so I think a big problem with the Steelers' offense would be James Conner. Like he started, she started off very slow for six carries and nine yards, and then I don't, I'm not exactly sure. I feel I hear, I remember him not playing for the rest of the game, and then they were hinting at injury. Mm. But, I don't think they have an official statement yet. Yeah, and then Benny Snell came in and just studded up. Yep. 113 yards off of 19 carries, averaging 5.9, and started as long as his 30. Mm. That's. That's fantastic, and he's coming off the bench. You're not, you're not expecting him to play as get as many carries as he did because you know James Conner is number one. Um, but one of my big takeaways from this is the Steelers Ben Roethlisberger because I like his how his chemistry with his wide receivers. He he all of them love him. He loves them. Um, even when they messed up, he was like, okay, I can understand where it could be my fault and your fault with De- Deontay Johnson, for example, when he did the cut, but it was late, it was either late or Ben Roethlisberger was early. He just threw it behind him and he wasn't ready for it. And then they both kind of looked at each other like what happened? And it wasn't just, I blame you and the other one blames him. But, um, I like his chemistry with Juju. He was just leading him on throws, trusting him and, you know, putting him exactly where he needs to go. But my big thing with Ben is he took way too many hits yeah. after throwing the ball. Yeah, Ben, um, what's it called? The statement he made after the game, or like three days, like a few days after the game, was like at, he said the night of the game he felt like he got hit by a train. Then the game, the day after, he said he got felt like he got hit by a bus. And then, then the day that they interviewed him, he said, "I hope today I just feel like I uh, fell off a bike." That's after week one. Yeah. 
that's not a good sign for a gruesome, grueling, hardcore 17-week uh, season. We've already talked about it. I know we talked about it last time, that he has only made 16 games once in the past five years. That's not a good sign for him. Um, but like we said, he's the key to it. Uh, let's talk about Juju. Uh, I'm not really high on Juju. I know you are. More than I am. But he had six receptions for 69 yards, uh, two, two touchdowns. touchdowns. So actually, he had like... Compared to Slayton, Slayton had a bigger, better night. But Juju, they made the same amount of touchdowns, same amount of receptions, but the yards are a little bit less. But he made big plays when it mattered. And one play in particular was when Snell fumbled and Juju was, like, trailing the play. Yeah. And, he just, and then he just, he just he was he's ready. trailing the play just to play it. And then when it popped out, he jumped right on it. Um, I wasn't. I know when he was running out of bounds on the sideline, I never knew if he got his feet in. But I think they said his knee touched it and then he touched the ball, which ruled him as a – like, oh, he ruled himself back, in, back into the play. But that's just a nice heads-up play, um, especially for a team that at one point their offense was struggling, so they can't afford a turnover like that. Yeah. So uh, that was a big play by him. And then I honestly I wasn't that hot on him, but Deontay Johnson was very part was like a huge part of this team. I wasn't expecting him to be included as much as he was. Yeah. For yeah, and then Claypool. Yep. <laughs> From there to there. Honestly, he only had two receptions, but one of them was like breathtaking. The first the first play of the game. It was I, I I don't think it was a top play from the week, but it was definitely in my top five. Like, it was a great heads up play. He had his feet in the correct position. T- brilliant toe drag. Three toe people drag. around him, and he's pretty much half his body's out of bounds. Yep, it but, was like over the head, catch it. Whole upper body's out of bounds, and his feet are just barely just toe tapping. When I saw it live, I thought it was, I thought he was five feet out of bounds, and then they look back at it, and he just has both his feet perfectly planted, falling out of bounds. It was a great play. It was a great play. So I love, and he's a rookie. Yep. So that was his first catch. That's a pretty cool first catch of your career. <laughs> how many people? How many rookies, wide receiver rookies, can say I didn't drop my first catch? A lot of them dropped their first pass. Yeah. Or just have problems in general. So we're gonna yeah. talk about Jerry Judy in a minute. Uh, so we got Titans and Broncos in the next game. Uh, Tennessee Titans won this game sixteen to fourteen over the Denver Broncos, despite their kicker trying to lose the game. <laughs> um, who do you want to start with? I want to start with the Broncos. I feel like their offense is a little more exciting. Yeah. Um, Drew Locke, I think he played okay. He had uh, completed 22 out of his 33 pass attempts for 216 yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions. No huge mistakes. Didn't get sacked at all. No interceptions. So nothing terrible there. Um, you had Phil Lindsay and Melvin Gordon uh, kind of sharing the carries. Uh, Gordon had 15. Um, I'm sorry to cut you off. Yeah. But uh, going back to Locke, a lot of his – uh, attempts that weren't catches, mm. a lot of them came off of drops. Really? Not, oh, yeah, not yeah, a yeah. lot, but at least three or four came off yeah. of drops. So it's hard. Obviously, the stats don't lie, mm. but, like, for example, Jerry Judy had a big drop. Right. I had two big drops. Well, one was in the fourth quarter, which could have extended their last drive there. Yeah. But, um, no, so Melvin Gordon had 15 carries, 78 yards, 5.2 yards uh, per rush with a touchdown and one fumble. And Lindsay had seven rushing times, 24 yards, 3.4 yards to carry. And I think he got ruled out with a foot injury Good at the end of the game. I don't know how serious that is, so we'll just have to play that by ear. And then in the receiving game, uh, Corlin Sutton was a big loss because uh, he's solidified himself as the, the true number one. Yep. Um, but Noah Fant finally took, uh, like last year, I know he was a big receiving guy. Now he didn't really have a solid QB, but he had probably his best game. He had five receptions for 81 yards and a touchdown. It was just really exciting to see him actually go out there and make plays. He had a 31-yard catch as well. Um, he caught five out of his six targets, so it was just really exciting. And then when we talked about uh, Jerry Judy. Uh, it was just kind of 
it was kind of sad to watch. He uh, he had two drops. I mean, he didn't play terrible. He had four receptions for 56 yards, um, 14 average. He had eight targets, so you know this man's going to be targeted. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be really exciting to see him and Sutton play next to each other. Yeah, they didn't draft him not to target him. Yeah, and um, what's it called? I just remember looking at his – I understand this when, like, when you know something so per- – like, you just know – you've done something so well for so long. Like, that ball hit him right in the hands, and he just, like, tucked it. And that was the first just, one he tucked it, it and slipped. it just falls out. And then the last one, he, like, come, turns around and goes to catch it, and it just hits his hands and falls to the ground, and, like, it costs them the punt. And then the Titans eventually got the winning drive. Like, that has to be eating them up. So, I'll be, I really love Jerry Judy on this draft, so I'll be really interested to see how he uh, bounces back from that. But, um, yeah, that's my situation with the Broncos offense. Um, I just – I felt like it was a really lackluster. I expected a little bit more from this offense. Obviously, the loss of Corrin Sutton hurt. But I didn't think it would hinder them that much. But for me, I was expecting the Denver Broncos to put up more than 14 points against the Titans' defense. I mean, I think that's fair. That they were their offense was kind of looked like the uh, looked at like they have. We compared it to the Browns' offense, where they have all those pieces, and then also like the excitement and like not really knowing how things are going to go with the. Um, same with the Cardinals offense. But I think Sutton being – they lost number one, and then you're looking at a rookie to be the main number guy. One, yeah. Definitely hurts. So, All right, so then now with the Titans. Um, Tannehill played an okay game, kind of did what you expected. 29 completions, 43 pass attempts, 249 yards, only average 5.8 yards a carry. Or not a carry, <laughs> a pass attempt, less than Locke. Two, two touchdowns and no interceptions. And then Derrick Henry – like Evan said, uh, does what Derrick Henry does. 31 carries, 116 yards, 3.7 yards carry. So he's just... He just falls five yeah, yards forward after you hit him. Absolute workhorse, and he showed that with 31 carries. Um, yeah. I think it was just atypical. Uh, not atypical. It was typical of Derrick Henry with the amount of carries he had. But it was kind of atypical in the yardage he had per carry. Yeah, it was low. He only had 3.7, but I think the Broncos' defense went into that game game-planning for him, and they were like, let's force Tannehill to throw. That's how everyone should play them. They, like, they know Derrick Henry's... Go- if you let him... If you don't game-plan for him, he's going to eat you up. Yep. So you just force Tannehill to throw. He's already proved... Tannehill's proven that he can be inconsistent, even though when he goes to throw, usually in the games where he has 20-plus attempts, he plays really well. Yeah. But, I mean, Corey Davis came out of the game... I remember you said when when did they re-sign him? No, like they they declined his fifth year option, and then I I thought he was leaving, and yeah. then now he's back I, on the team to start it. I, I couldn't that tell you. Yeah. I couldn't tell you when they signed him. I do remember seeing it, but I couldn't tell you when. But he had 101 yards off of seven receptions and eight targets. Like that's 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 very well. That's very good for his wide receiver two. And then Adam Humphreys, wide receiver three, came in. 47 yards off of six receptions. And then A.J. Brown had an off game compared to his, like, last year. Well, A.J. Brown... He also got down. hurt at the end of yeah, the game. Yeah, hamstring. But he definitely didn't have as big of an impact as he usually does. Um, but, yeah, I think... Now you can talk about the kicker. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Shitowski. Well, his real name. Gostowski, but yep. I'm calling him... I'm going to call him Shitowski for now. But, um, one for four. He missed three field goals under 35 yards and an extra point. There is no reason for your t- for your team to have to kick that game win. Well, obviously you can kick it. But there's no reason that you should, like, your whole game is on the line because of a they field They should have goal. had 10 extra points. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're all within 35. They're, kickers should be making, 
within 50 in good condition, almost automatic. And this man missed three from under 35 and an extra point. Like, if he goes three and four, okay. If he goes two and four, eh. One and four is just abysmal. And, and he's a Hall of Famer. you got to expect. Well, I'm, I'm not sure. He, he'll be up there if there is. Well, I mean, I think he's... Well, but there's one kicking Hall of Famer now. Then you have Vinatieri probably go in. And then I would say Tucker would go in before him. Well, he'd be the fourth. I think it's... Yeah. Well, he's going gonna, gonna to be a little bit. But, I mean, the Super yeah. Bowl amount of Super Bowl wins he has. Yeah. Carries on. But... It's just it's been a gradual downfall for Gostowski and ever since he missed an extra point with Davis. I I hope he doesn't make this a trend. Yeah. But it's very hard to say it's not gonna be if a trend. If he has another performance like this, he's gone. Yeah. Now he did make the big one. Yeah, but the big one was only twenty five yards. Yeah, and no, but all of them were none of them were hard. None of them were even The only one that was hard was the first one. I gave him a pass on the first one because it was forty plus. I think I thought they were all under thirty five. I don't know. It was just, it was very, it was very, very, very poor performance in this part. I did not look good. It did no, not look it good. It was painful to watch. And yeah. it's just like, Gostowski, I, growing up from my 15, 15 to like 17, well not 15, 17, I'm sorry, 13 to like 15, he was the number one kicker in the league behind, well, this was when Tucker was still accelerating to where he is now, but... He was the number one kicker. Yeah. Like, this man didn't miss. He was in all the Pro Bowls. And now it's just like... I mean, it's just age. I think it's... Yeah. He's he's falling off. But it's hard to it's hard to just imagine him going one for four, missing three straight, and then making the game winner to save his job. It was very interesting. Yeah. Are you ready for the next game? I am ready. All right. And the final game we're going to talk about is... The Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens routed the Browns thirty-eight to six. Um, the first player I want to point out is like one of the new acquired Ravens. Actually, I'll talk about the two newly acquired Ravens. I'm really excited about both on defense. Calais Campbell is a new addition, trading them for a fifth-round pick. And in the first drive of the game, he swatted the play. He swatted the ball, tackled a running back, and then swatted the ball to Marlon Humphrey for the interception. And it was honestly just the best start you could have as a Ravens defensive player. And then rookie Patrick Queen also had eight total tackles, four solo tackles, and one sack as a rookie. And just both those players made huge impacts throughout the game. Did he have a forced fumble or did he uh, I th- receive? I, I'm not sure, to be honest. Um, but he had a he had a great game. Um, and I'm excited because the Ravens really needed help on the uh, – on the, um, Defensive side on the linebacker side with the loss of uh, Anawanasor and Mosley two years ago, and Josh Bynes left as well. So uh, I'm just really excited to see uh, to see him play, and he came out and played great. Um, now on the offensive side, I obviously want to talk about Lamar Jackson, who uh, completed 29 of his 25 pass attempts, which is for 80 percent completion rate for 275 yards, averaged 11 yards per throw, which is that's that's a big distance. It's higher than probably half the guys we talked about today. And he had three touchdowns and no interceptions. And he showed that, like, not only is he the best mobile quarterback, running quarterback, but he also can sit back and toast you for 200 and some odd yards. But, and, and he can throw the long ball with yeah. the Marquise Brown throw. Yeah. That was dot perfect, perfect. Right over the shoulder, right yep. in his basket. 47-yard dot to Marquise Brown. Um, actually, let's talk about Marquise Brown real quick. He had... Five receptions for 101 yards. Uh, 
played absolutely amazing. Uh, and all the props to Marquise Brown. If like anybody deserves to you know play well, it's Marquise Brown. He, I, I don't want to. I don't know. I haven't seen everybody's workout and how they worked out, but I mean, Marquise Brown put on fifteen to fifteen to twenty five pounds of just pure muscle and didn't lose a single step in speed. Yeah, I mean, and so tell he's moving faster. That's just the the grind. He yeah. put himself on the grind, and it's paying off so far. And um, also, the the Ravens only have thirty rush attempts. And for 111 yards, which is not even bad, but it's just so different from what they did all last year. Sometimes Lamar almost had 30 rush attempts. And what's it called? He just, they just showed you that not only if they want to, they're going to, they can beat you with a triple option with J.K. Dobbins, who actually had two touchdowns on his rookie debut, uh, 22 yards, but two touchdowns in the red zone. But yeah, not only can they beat you with a triple option because they can bust it out at any time. They showed that it worked against everyone last year. Yeah. But now Lamar is confident in sitting back in the pocket and just dotting up. Um, so and yeah, as you said, it was more of like a you, you said this. I mean, you may have said it already on this, but it, it's a statement. Yeah, that they're trying to let other teams know that if you game plan for one thing, we're going to yeah. beat you with the other. If you're going to fill in the box when I'm rushing you, we're going to throw over you. And uh, Mark right Andrews there. also had a great, a crazy uh, one hand. Yeah, that was catch. beautiful. Yeah. It was a, it, Lamar Middle, did overthrow it a little bit, yeah. but Mark, Andrews was able to make their fantastic. Yeah, play. he had five catches for 58 yards. Um, but I he, think this was a. Uh, continue. I'm sorry. No, yeah, I'm just saying Andrews has solidified himself as probably Lamar's favorite target. Yeah, and he had two touchdowns. So I think I'm, it might be Brown and Andrews might be tied right now. I, I think so. I think Andrews. Brown's, I think Andrews is more of like the reliable guy, and then Brown is like his big shot guy. Yeah, and um, like I think this like as as I said already, it was a statement. Mm -hmm. But I think it's also you know, two years ago. Uh, the Chargers literally just pulled their safeties forward. Yep. And they were like, this is how you beat the Ravens. Yep. And then last year, they were a statement, like, you can't just do that. But I feel like it's going to be more of, if you even take a few steps closer than you would against any pocket pass, we're going to burn you down the field with Marquise Brown. So like, you got to pick your poison. Yeah. And it's the best way for them to play moving forward. Um, you ready to transition to the Browns? Yep. So the only thing I said the Browns probably did well, it was run the ball. Yeah. Kareem Hunt had 13 carries for 72 yards, averaging 5.5 yards a carry. And Nick Chubb did pretty much the same thing, 10 yards, or 10 carries, 60 yards, 6 uh, yards per carry. They You just really can't stop them. Like, the O-line is good enough, and both these players are just, like, amazing, especially at yards after contact. They just fall forward. They just yeah. run through people. Uh, they really make you work. Um, the passing game struggled. Are you going to talk about Baker? You want me to talk about him? Uh, you can talk about Baker. Okay. I'll talk about Baker. Baker had completed... 21 out of his 39 pass attempts for 189 yards, only averaged 4.8 yards per throw compared to Mars 11. Had one touchdown, one interception. Now, his interception wasn't really his fault. I mean, it was tipped. Yeah. And then Humphrey made an amazing diving, cradled catch because um, Humphrey's just a beast. But uh, the real problems, I mean, honestly, in my opinion, came from, like, Odell. Man had 10 targets. He had three catches and 22 yards. You're not getting paid big buku money for that. And then also I want to talk about David Njoku, who made a huge deal about how mad he was that Hooper was brought into the uh, offense and that, like, he wanted targets. The amazing reason, they want a big, reliable tight end for him, for Baker to be a safety blanket to. And in the first game, Njoku goes down with an injury. So, like, them getting Hooper was already, like, solidified within the first game because Njoku had to leave the fourth quarter hurt. Yeah. That's why they have it back. Not because you're not good. It's just because you can't stay on the field. And it's... It doesn't hurt to have two strong tight ends, right. as the Ravens showed with Hayden Hurst and Mark Andrews. Yep. Um, for me, my biggest takeaway was the Ravens' offense 
Yeah, I don't know if Baker's going to play, if he's going to improve, or worsen because of the chemistry. Just there's flaws blatantly in this team. But I don't know if it's just the Ravens' defense eating him alive or it's Baker's just inconsistency and uh, lack of chemistry with most of his players that is proving unreliable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then uh, the leading receiving uh, wide receiver was Jarvis Landry at five catches, 61 yards, uh, 12.2 yards a catch. They honestly... Not a lot of things went right. They've already no. covered it. Only the rushing game worked. They had 138 total. It was just Hunt and Chubb destroying, and that's why they only had six points. Um, they didn't score a touchdown. Ravens put up 38. At, and continue the trend of putting Robert Griffin in for, like, part of the fourth. <laughs> yeah. uh, I always like when he comes out. It's kind of... Kind of sad to just watch him hand the ball off every time, yeah. though. Oh, but... no. He actually, I think he completed one pass today. Yeah, he, yeah, he went one. one for one for nine yards. Uh <laughs> With a 97.5 QBR and 104.2. I mean, he only had one throw. He still has a higher passer rating than Baker Mayfield. Yeah, no. So, yeah, the one throw, that's why it's so high because he only had one throw to make. But, um, no, it's just it's nice seeing him come in every once in a while. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, those are our week one reactions. you have anything else you want to say, like, overall? Um, I feel like this week one... It has a lot of. It has a few upsets. It has a few. You know, um, that was that was guaranteed to happen, and mm. a few. Oh, this team's not going to do anything with the Browns, but I think it's too early. Yeah, no, to I think really it's... jump ship or to say, oh, this team is not going to do anything for the yeah, whole no, season. Yeah, I think it's. I mean, like the 49ers lost to the uh, Cardinals in this in this week, and then our next week to play the Jets. I'm sure you'll see a very dominant 49ers. Yeah, like, there's a, there's a lot left to play. Uh, there's one thing in my notes that I missed. Uh. Going back to the Seattle Seahawks game real quick, um, talking about Russell Wilson. Now he played four touchdowns. There, that team is a has always been a super heavy run team, like on par with um, the Ravens, and they only had uh, eighty four rushing yards. And they what's it called? They just completely turned the ball over the offense over to uh, Russell Wilson, and he showed what he could do. So I was yeah. just really excited. They put his faith in him. And yeah, I was really excited finished. for them to take the ball out of Chris Carson's hand and put it in Wilson's hand. <laughs> that's where it should be. And the, we said, I know we pointed out, Chris Carson actually was, I think, led. It, I think he was third in receiving. Like, he actually helped out in receiving game. But, yeah, put the ball in Russell Wilson's hands and he's going to make plays. But, yeah. Um, I have one thing that I missed as well. This is going back to the Steelers-Giants game. The one good thing the Giants should take out of it is they had a great offseason purchase with Blake Martinez. Oh, yeah. That man had 13 total ta- total tackles and then eight solo tackles. He's going all over the field. And what was I, – I, correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't he number one in tackling last year? I I believe he was up there. He was, I think he was up there with Jamal Adams. He was top three. Yeah. You went and got him, and he's producing exactly how, yeah. you, how everybody thinks he was. He was literally the only person running around making plays. Yeah. So. I, I saw him literally going from the right side of the field to stop the run on the left side of the field yeah. before he got a hand. So, yeah, this was our week one reactions. We did every single game in week one um, just to make sure we talk about all the teams. But moving forward, we normally only pick a handful of games, um, especially the ones that we watched completely full live. So probably won't be all the games next week. We'll probably just pick the ones that are real big, big topics. Or we'll just mention some for like a minute or two. But, uh, yeah. yeah, so this was... I- this is week one. Yeah. Yeah. We probably won't go into the same depth. Yeah. I think we might hint on each one and say like the outcome and a notable player or two, but we probably won't go into the, the chemistry and all of that. We might just read out a few a stat line or two. Yeah. 
So, all right, so this was week one reactions. Uh, this was uh, Ethan Chef and Evan Silver, and this was the Sports by the Hour podcast.